What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What is up, Deuteritos? Welcome to another episode of Rank 'em All, the show where a couple of dudes or dudettes sit down and dive in deep into our favorite bands or artists' discography, and we rank those suckers. We rank all the songs, which gives us the album ranks, and we get master ranks, and we figure out really what albums are the best from some of these artists. Today, we are still going down the trek of Metallica. We're on the last studio album, for now, of Metallica. We have reached Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Really, really, really good album that I'm I'm really excited to talk about and dive into with some of my favorite guys to sit down and talk Metallica with, starting with, of course, the one and only Podfather, Nate Phillips. Bro, how's it going today, Brando? I'm happy, excited to be here. Hardwired to self-destruct the album that is literally the album slogan of 2020. (laughs) 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 Like, like, (laughs) we have arrived, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked to be here. And, of course, joining us, as always, great to have him back again. Welcome the surveyor, purveyor, and monster master of doom, Nick Maxson. What's up, guys? You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. I feel like you're saying the name wrong. You're forgetting the dots. Oh. It's hardwired. Dot, dot, dot. To self-destruct. Yeah. Just wanted to... Sure. You got to make sure you pause long enough. You got you to have a nice pause. Are you supposed to say hardwired to ellipses self-destruct? I think it's just hardwired. Let's take a look, shall we? Get R&D on this. It is hardwired ellipses to self-destruct. Hardwired to self-destruct. Something, something <laughs> like that. Um, I'm admittedly not the expert, um, but... You know, I like filling the space with my voice, so there we go. I love it. Good to be here. Also here with us is the one and only Dr. Dongo, one and only Dick Blaine Tyner. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It's Sunday. It's we're we're nearing the end of this project, and you know, I've I've had a really good go with this, but I'm ready. I'm ready to get through it. Yeah, we are here at the last studio album that we are gonna have for now. And then of course we're gonna have one extra one after this. Since we did SM one, why not do SM two? And as what we're gonna do. Why not? Yeah, why not, right? And, you know, <laughs> be, because they did some songs that are like newer that they didn't do before, you know. So it, like it'd be cool to dive into some of those and talk about them. But also, uh at, we're gonna do like kind of a wrap up. We're gonna go through and catch up on some on some stats and stuff that we didn't do for the first five episodes. Cause we were really st- still figuring out this show when we first started. We really, yeah, dude, we just sat down and said, here's an idea. Here's a show that we could put up somewhere. And then it has evolved. And now it's, it has its own feed on podcast services everywhere. It's, it's on rank It says it's a website. So we're not uh, Metallica is just the beginning for us. We're going to be doing some other bands and some other artists as we go along. And I'm really excited about what the future holds, but Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because we do have the most recent Metallica studio album, which I'm I'm super happy to have have this on vinyl. This album sounds killer on vinyl. You know, as much as some of the mix um, for the last two albums maybe gets kind of criticized by you know by some people, especially how loud the drums are, Lars. Um, in- interesting That's to note awesome. that that the vinyl version has a different track listing. 
and that was because of uh, time on the two sides, right? Mm -hmm. They had to kind of find a better way to balance it because they would have run over and had a song actually get cut off. Yeah, and so, uh, because this is a double album, there is a uh, three-disc version also. Do I have have lyrics so we can, like, argue about that like we did in the last one? (laughs) Trying to figure (laughs) out what the hell James is talking about. I do have lyrics. I got little inserts with lyrics on them. I think they actually do have a three-disc vinyl set, but I actually bought that new from a, this local vinyl place in Indy. I was in there looking at some stuff. That's where I got that and the Creeping Death single in the same day. So, like, really happy about that. Also, uh, we just did some Christmas shop. Uh, Chris, we started this project for Metallica, uh, Rank em All, all the way back in July. Yeah, way to date this. Well, you know what? Nobody hey, else. transparency, nobody, bro. Yeah, Gotta you know keep what? it real. As we said, you know, we're keeping it real. When we started this, we didn't even know this was going to have its own feed. Now it's definitely going to have its own feed. It's, it's going to be its own thing that, you know, that we're all going to contribute to. But, you know, back, you know, all the way, like, back then and everything, it, you know, coming forward. See, I'm, see, now I'm trying to remember what the fuck I'm saying. You fucking interrupt me. And you all, like, throw me under the bus here. Oh, no, final Christmas shopping. That's what it, there we go. So, <laughs> um, I only have a few Metallica al- albums on vinyl to get. <laughs> And one of them just arrived today. And um, I'm glad to say that as we are approaching the end of this fretful year, ladies and gentlemen, I do have the cure. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Is it, a, is it a blood and semen colored vinyl? It is one splooge covered record. Yes. Uh, no, no. I, so I got load. Uh, I, I bought load in the first S&M. So, so now all I have to get is Reload and St. Anger. Oh, and Garage, I guess, uh, to be able to have them all. I actually said uh, or saw a, a Garage listing on Amazon that I almost bought, but I noticed it was missing like two songs, and one of them was like Stone Cold Crazy, and I'm like, no. I'm not buying, I'm not spending 30 bucks for this vinyl to not have every song that comes on it. Even if one of them is a song I don't really care to have, I do want to have Stone Cold Crazy because I'm a Queen I fan. That, I remember that being like one of your favorites. Yeah, like, dude, I'm a Queen fan, so and, and I think they kill it. You know, it's like Queen is such an awesome band that would be cool to rank one day because it's so varied. But yeah. again, not getting too far ahead, this is hardwired to self destruct, and uh, the album was released. I do believe I don't even have my have my notes up. I, we we were kind of get going. I had some issues with my computer. I do believe it came out 2016. Is that when it came out? Sounds right. Yeah. Yep. November 18th, 2016, uh, the first single was Hardwired, released on August 18th. Of course, singles are released kind of differently now. They're more just like uh, like digital video releases. They did music videos for every single song on this album. That is yes, something that's did. really neat. Some of them are have them in them, and, and there's actually a couple that don't have them in it at all. It's something, that, you know, something different. And that's really cool to go see that. Also, something they did... Uh, Whereas, you know, you can go buy the year and a half in the life of, you can get the making the black album, some kind of monster, the making some kind of like, uh, you know, St. Anger. Uh, it, it, you can go on YouTube and find the, you know, split together, compiled death magnetic making of that they released like a couple minutes at a time. But they actually did like videos for each song in the studio, them working on it. And it, it's like a, like a 15 minute video for each of them. And it's really neat to see them. Just figuring this stuff out. Um, I will say straight away, Kirk has no writing credits on this record. <laughs> because he lost Oops. his... Kirk Hammett has no writing wow. credits because he lost his cell phone. 
um, he said he had about like he had hundreds of riffs on there ready to turn in, and he lost his phone. He didn't have them backed up. I believe it was four hundred riffs, uh, something like that. And so, gone. Just every, gone. I think somebody stole his phone. It wasn't just lost. I think it was actually stolen from him. Fucking Dave Mustaine. <laughs> hey, there's a drink. Revenge. Hey, herb cold. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like here comes revenge. <laughs> uh, so all the tr- all the album or album tracks here all are written by James and Lars and Robert Trujillo has one kind of one writing credit. But however, he was in the studio helping them out a lot with like just arrangement and figuring stuff out. Um, Kirk, I think, took a step back. I think uh, I don't know exactly what was going on with Kirk at, at the time. But I heard he was kind of going through some stuff. And so he kind of took a step back, and he focused completely 100% on just guitar solos. That's all he was like, that's what I'm doing here. And uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what everybody else has, has to say about it because I have my own like have my own opinions. And uh, we have a couple songs that we're going to tackle first uh, that are extra songs because there's a disc three, as I said before, a deluxe edition that has a bunch of live tracks, including... It's really neat that they actually have this record. I mean, because they record everything now. But the hardwired that's on the live CD here was the very first time they ever played it live. That's amazing. So, so it's pretty cool to have that, you know, and, and, and to put that out. But the other ones, we have a couple covers and the extra song, Lords of Summer. That Which, hey, that's kind of cool. We'll, uh, and, and we're going to start with those here in just a second. But we'll go ahead and, and talk about sales. and Because uh, we've been doing that in... Let's see, platinums, 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 platinums. There's a real cool, there's a real cool bit I found. Um, that this is they're the only second band to ever have six consecutive uh, number one debuts. Yep. Followed yeah. by first one is it's so much fun. Dave um, Matthews. Dave, you want know because uh, I know Dave Matthews is up there. I know Disturbed is up there now, right? Yeah, I was about to say yeah. And they then, they. Uh, then Nickelback is also there, uh, kind of in the. He had the, they at least have a couple. I'm not sure they had a couple in a row. I, I know that for sure. But no, Metallica is like in rarefied air. Um, I also saw somewhere. I don't remember what album it was for. If, if it was maybe Total Albums, or maybe they were just talking about Black Album, about sales. Like the, the they they are the most selling band, other than the Beatles. Like they were touting it. And, and and they're like you're like we're the most selling band since the Beatles and that's not bad company to be with like they're like that's awesome yeah <laughs> for sure um let's see where I have them in order here uh all right so here's what we're gonna do guys we're gonna start it off with the four extra tracks uh a lot of these tracks were released before the album came out uh, and the first one was actually recorded during the death magnetic uh cycle and you can actually hear that. If you listen closely, it sounds like it is right from that era. Like they had all their instruments and their and their presets and their compressors and their all their other stuff, all their amps tuned up to to, to whatever their sound was. And that was Remember Tomorrow. Remember Tomorrow was released as part of the Made in Heaven tribute album for Iron Maiden. Of course, Remember Tomorrow is <laughs> early Iron Maiden with Paul Diano. I think it's on Killers? Nate, is it on Killers? Yes. That's yeah. off the second album. So, um, I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what you guys have to say about it because um, definitely 
when you think about Iron Maiden, a lot of like, especially like if bands are going to pay tribute, a lot of the stuff is kind of more of the big time hits. This is not. This is kind of off the beaten path. And that's what I really like about Metallica is that when they cover a song, that's not always the most well known. It's a song they like. So uh, I really dig this cover. I did it. I, I digged it when they did it. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start with Nate. Nate, what did you think about Remember Tomorrow? Oh, we're doing the cover first, not Lords of Summer. Yes. No. I, I'm. I'm, okay. I'm kind of doing them. I'm. Yeah, I'm doing. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. You're fine. Okay. Well, so I don't really have notes for the covers. I kind of maintained that from the Garage Inc. episode. Okay. I didn't want to. These aren't songs written by Metallica. Obviously, sure. it's not their flavor and their sauce. These are like you said, personal favorites that they love. Honestly, the the we're you know starting with Remember Tomorrow of the three. You know, it's weird because all three of these were really great covers, but Remember Tomorrow is very special. I love Iron Maiden. True story. I got to share the same stage as Paul Diano in a weird, crazy turn of events as being a fan at a show that ended up being on stage with another band for something that had nothing to do. It was that, that that's neither here nor there. It actually doesn't involve Metallica, weirdly enough. So I guess I will tell it. But like this little show happening in Tolono, Illinois, Paul Diano is there, you know, and, and it's funny because when he goes up live before every song, he smoking a cigarette, he'll stop and he'll go, my voice is not as good as it used to be. So these aren't going to sound that good. And then he would sing and it would just not be that great because he obviously has destroyed his voice over time. But before that, there was some band and I cannot remember for the life of me what their name was, but they asked they were they were like on their last song and they're like, we could play one more song. You guys want to hear an original or a fucking cover? And everybody was like, cover! Ah! So they're like, all right, if anybody knows this, join us. Come up on stage if you even if you feel. And it was dun, 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 dun. And I jumped on stage. I was the only person that even thought about it. I was like, we're doing Master of Puppets. And we did the entire song, and people thought I was in their band, and it was a bit that I was just chilling in the crowd until that, like, sniper moment or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know these guys' fucking name. I have no idea who they are. Like they're just a band that's on this tour, and and it, and it was just like a cool opportunity or whatever. So that was fun and all. But was, it, was that like a week or so after we played? At, yeah, yeah, it was like that, two weeks or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, because I remember playing that stage and I was super dog sick. If you remember yeah. that, like I oh I do. Uh, there's only two things I remember from that night: uh, being that sick, and then while we were either tearing down, um, us hearing Number the Beast. But it wasn't Iron Maiden's version. It was Ice Earth's version. And they were I'm like, yes. ah, it was me and you looked at each other and I pointed at each other. Yeah, so. Yeah, anyway. It's cold as fuck that night, too. But, yeah, remember tomorrow's awesome. I do have a rank when you're ready for it. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, Nick, you got anything for Remember Tomorrow? Um, It's not actually a song I'd heard before. Um, uh, And I was stoked because I saw it was Iron Maiden. I was ready to get into it. And it was, it was a good song. Um, totally killer playing. Like it's super, super cool hearing uh, James and Kirk play Maiden stuff because uh, Maiden's just fucking monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I need to go and listen to the, the the Maiden song, but like I just didn't actually like the song a whole lot. Um, um, it excellent playing, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, not a whole lot to say about it. Fair enough. Take a drink. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What I will say uh, about those first two albums with Maiden, with Paul Diano, there, if you grew up, which I assume most of us did, listening to Bruce Dickinson, Iron Maiden, to, oh, yeah. to go back and listen to Diano stuff is really off-putting because he's not Bruce Dickinson. 
it is literally a different band. Like they they they're still Iron Maiden, but they are a different band. He's more of a punk singer in a way. And so, like, but it they they have a different flavor. And so, like, the when so when so when you're sitting there listening to him, you're like, man, this isn't as as good as the Maiden I know. And 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 that's everybody has preferences. But it wasn't until I I don't know got a little bit older and like I'm gonna listen to these objectively as their own thing because I can't compare him to Bruce Dickinson, one of the best frontman and vocalist in music history. Like not just metal music, he, he's a he's a damn beast, no pun intended. Hey. And so, um, I grew to like a lot of songs from those first two albums, and this is kind of one of them. There, it's, it, it, it's got that metal. I don't want to say progressive because it's not progressive, but it, like just how it, like it speeds up and slows back down, in and out, and and like the dual guitars. But last but not least, Dick, you got anything for for remember tomorrow? I don't got much. Uh, this is I, I didn't really put a lot of stock into these cover songs in terms of listening to it for this. Um, Lords of Summer probably is the one that stuck out the most to me, but. Um, yeah, it's it's Metallica cover and Maiden. Sure. I mean, if anybody's gonna right rightfully and righteously cover Maiden, it's Metallica, like an equal stature band. So, if not so yeah, uh, the Maiden Heaven um, track listing is awesome, and uh, and I'm trying to find that. Ah, wait, uh, okay, I guess I'll accept your privacy cookies thing. Um, really quick, Black Tide Prowler. That's another early Maiden. Metallica, Remember Tomorrow, Avenged Sevenfold, Flash of the Blade. Glam- awesome cover. Glamour of the Kill, Two Minutes to Midnight, Coheed and Cambria, The Trooper, Devil Driver. And another amazing cover. Yeah. Uh, Wasted Years. Wasted Years. Sign, Run to the Hills, Dream Theater, To Tame a Land. That's a good one. Uh, wow. Trivium. Uh, Medina Lake, Caught Somewhere in Time, Gallows, Rapchild, Fight Star, Fear of the Dark, Machine Head, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Another amazing cover. Yeah, Trivium, Iron Maiden, long, uh, year-long disaster, running free in Ghost Lines, Brave New World. That was released uh, from Kerrang! Um, as a big tribute to Iron Maiden way back like in 2008. So yeah, it was right around that Death Magnetic era that they went ahead and did that. So yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll hit it up with Dick first. Do you have a rank for this one? Uh, since it's Maiden, it automatically gets a pretty high score, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with an eight and a half. Eight and a half. And Nick? I give it a six. Six. And Nate? Break up, guys. <laughs> I actually can't even believe I'm going to say this, but my score mimics Dick's 8.5. 8.5. I gave it a nine. It, 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 it became one of my favorite Metallica covers. Until this one, as I punched my microphone in, in excitement. <laughs> so, um... When a blind man cries, um, this is a Deep Purple cover. I am a Deep Purple fan, and the thing is, is that Deep Purple is a really cool progressive band that are also known for writing the most simple riff of all time. Like the starter lick that everybody learns on guitar is "Smoke on the Water." Now they're not Pink Floyd progressive, but they dabble and they do some really cool stuff. And this song is one. I remember when I was going through listening to Deeper Deep Purple. Uh, and I'd never heard this one, and I and I heard it. I'm like, man, that's kind of a cool, trippy little song. And then when Metallica started doing it, when they started doing their acoustic sets uh, a couple years back, and then uh, somewhere along the lines, they recorded it for this one. I really dig it. We'll start with Nate on this one. Uh, wait, did I start with you last time? You did. Screw Don't it. Start with me. Screw it, Nick. Nick, this time. 
All right. My first note on this one is it's just fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the vocal delivery, um, just the way that they're playing. Um, about halfway through when it fucking kicks in a little heavier, it's just fucking awesome. Um, the lyrics, the lyrics are so good. I know he didn't write the lyrics, mm-hmm. but uh, just the way that they were able to, um, like, it feels like it, I don't say it feels like it could be their song, but they do it so good. Um, I fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. Considering that Metallica is a glorified cover band, um, they really and well and they they're they're good enough to net like with their own stuff and they've established their own style. When they do a song, they, they don't just automatically play it exactly like the other band played it. They're like, how can we make this sound like something that comes from uh, like regurgitated out of our sensors? And I, I, I agree with you, Nick. I, I believe they did that here as well. And we'll go to Dick next. What'd you think, bud? So I listened to this about two hours ago. I mean, on top of all the other listens, but I barely remember it. Uh, I know I don't hate it, and that's all I have to say. We're in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad Nick. I didn't said put a lot it. of stock in these songs. <laughs> We're gonna. He didn't put a whole lot of stock into the, to this show. That's all I'm oh. saying. Anyways, Nick, uh, Nate, you're next, bud. Man, uh, I just want to piggyback on everything Nick said because he eloquently like spoke my thoughts about how beautiful and masterfully done this song is and there are so many working parts the lyrics are Mm -hmm. great the delivery is flawless like of the three covers this was my favorite hands down far and away and just to quickly join the game as we do every time this is the first song we're talking about so far that actually has live performances as this has been performed a total of five times live by the band metallica so yes yeah great Awesome. And we'll start with you, Nate. You got a rank? Yeah, 9.5 or 9.2525. All right. And Dick? Seven and a half. And Nick? I gave it a nine. Nine. Samesies. I gave it a nine. I love it. I have, I, when I first heard it off one of their acoustic things, I'm like, I, at first, I'm like, what is this? And then I'm like, I really like it. And I feel like the, the studio recording is just, up here compared to what just their acoustic like stuff so it, it's awesome it's so, it was such a nice surprise mm-hmm. absolutely and you know again just like with the remember tomorrow cover out of left field just like you know you uh like to me at least i'm not sure about diehard deep purple fans like how do you not know this song and it's like no well like i didn't until i dived into the band uh, like that's not the one that gets plays on the radio a lot that's not like just general fandom you know but the next song is another medley like um, Merciful Fate. This is Ronnie Rising medley. This is a tribute to Ronnie James Dio and his time in Rainbow. This was a part of the Dio tribute album that came out a couple years ago that also had uh, Grammy Award winning Tenacious D doing uh, uh, Last in Line. Uh, that They won Best Metal Performance for that. And uh, Some people were angry about it, but I gave it a big salute. I'm like, that's awesome because it's a badass cover. Um, yes, it is. Uh, you also had, uh, I, th- I think, uh, some team ups. Corey Taylor did Rainbow in the Dark with some other guys, and and you and you had some other stuff going on. But uh, I think Chris Jericho was on there doing something, um, and uh, uh, Lizzie Hale, and just a bunch of uh, Scott Ian was in, involved somewhere in there as well. So a lot of a lot of Scott big Ian's 
always involved. He, 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 there, there's like a video somewhere of all these guitarists playing the Game of Thrones theme song, and he, it's Scott Ian. I'm like, oh, hey. That is such an amazing cover, too. Just quick jump off. That It's like eight guys, isn't it? Yeah. It's got fucking... You know, Ben... TV Weist, one of the guys too, like the create one of the directors or creators of the show. It's so epic! It's awesome, epic. Anyway, the right the Ronnie Rising medley, I believe, uh, has uh, a couple different songs in it: "A Light in the Black," "Tarot Woman," "Stargazer," and "Kill the King." Uh, And oddly enough, I already knew "Kill the King." Uh, "Kill the King," I had heard a long time ago. from a band named Heathen, they had covered it. Another like metal band from the eighties. And uh, what was funny is that like to hear that, or to hear them say that, and then like Megadeth did a Kill the King that was nothing like it, and I'd heard that first. So then I'm like, wait, what? Like, oh, this is like, wait, egg, chicken, like duck. They're like, this is not even the same animal. Um, but no, no. <laughs> no, this this medley's badass. It, it, it like it, it's a really big long one, clocking in just over nine minutes, and it it that do they really like they really kill it? I absolutely love it. We'll start with Dick on this one. Okay, so I'm not super familiar with uh, Dio's work besides Rainbow in the Dark and Holy Diver, um, but yeah, this song just kicks ass from front to back. Um, it, he definitely captures. He, as in James, captures like that spirit of Dio. Like he, he might not be hitting the notes that Dio did. He mm-hmm. might not be fucking reaching out there like Dio did. But fuck, man, he killed it. The whole band you, killed it. You could tell the parts like that he was doing, and he was doing a fine job. But you could go like, oh man, Ronnie was fucking going off right there. He was just fucking yeah. getting it right there. So yeah, I, I really dug this medley. Again, they're, they're a glorified cover band, as you've said many times, Brandon. Uh, and this definitely is up there with the Merciful Hate medley. Oh, dude, it, it, it's, it totally kicks. And they're paying tribute to one of their friends and, you know, you know, like fellow metal, like 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 one of their like one of the people they idolized when they were like starting off as a band. Like, you know, like they like Rainbow and Dio and all that kind of stuff. And you know, just like uh, to be able to salute one of their heroes. Like that's very important to them to, to give back. You know, and and I think we've said that on this show a couple different times over the course. It's like when they first did the video for one, it was about, well, we 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 said no videos for a long time, but now we're big enough to where if we do a video and somebody clicks on us or now, but like back then watches us and likes us, and then, you know, they might find Megadeth or they might find. Iron Maiden, they might find Motorhead, they might, you know, all this other great heavy bands that 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 are our friends and inspired us. It's like it's better for everybody, you know. And so they're always about that. In fact, again, James Hetfield in their in their uh, Hall of Fame speech is he said he said his thank yous and then had a long list of bands that deserved to be there before they got in. You know, it's like now that we're in, these guys, sh- come on, like we cannot be, um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, and so like it was just like they're always about giving back, and that's what they did here as well. We'll go to uh, Nick next. What do you think about this medley? Um, again, because it was a cover, I didn't write a whole lot of notes. Mm-hmm. My my one note is just totally killer all around. Every single part. Um, they killed the light in the black in 
uh, intro. Uh, I'm just such a huge fan of dueling guitars, which they were able to sneak in there a bunch of different times. Um, like with the Merciful Fate, they are so good at medleys. Mm-hmm. Like they're so good, and you could it's probably seamless. do this without without realizing that it's a medley. Yeah, it, get through it thinking that it was just a really badass song. Um, on top of the fact that it's you know Dio, it's it was fucking awesome, super oh, yeah. super cool. Nate. Uh, another uh, no notes all heart. I do love how they covered this song. I do think it encapsulates their appreciation and admiration for the man Ronnie James Dio, and I think the heart and soul of him is found within this song. I gave the song an eight point two five, and just to clarify to those watching at home, a couple things here. First of all, Ronnie Rising has never been played live. As far I mean, at least to, on their site, they don't have it, so they they've never played that live. I will also mention if you're playing the rank them all drinking game at home along with us right now on this episode, something just got added. That's going to be there the whole time. Everybody else is playing along, but anytime Metallica is mentioned as a glorified cover band, you're going to be taking a drink, baby. That's a good God. Oh man. So like, even if it's, even if it's just like, like does that rule get disqualified for garage Inc or is that album or is that like, don't uh, you know this, you know what guys look, Hey, we have a drink responsibly thing on there, so it's at their own discretion. This they is a podcast. It, a lot of people listen to podcasts in their cars. Don't dr- do the drinking game while you're driving, please. No, please yeah. don't. Don't don't do that. You know, you know, sit back with your, you know, you know, sit back with your homies, and, and you know, like or by yourself if you want to, uh, in your lounge, in your chair, or whatever. Kick back or on watch us on the YouTubes or and or, or or listen to us and like you know follow along with your own ranks if you can remember to write them down by the time you're done. With, like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll go with uh, the ranks now. Uh, Nick, what was your rank? I gave it a nine. Nine and Dick. I'm with Nick on that one. Nine. I gave it a nine five. I love it. It is boom top notch. The next song, Lords of Summer, was actually actually released, as I said, I believe it was in 2014. Yes, March 19th, 2014. And it was just, hey, it was a new song, right? And uh, it was uh, performed live, and uh, I might it might have been made available on, like, on digital stuff, but it wasn't physically available until here. They threw it in on the deluxe edition. Lord of Summer. It is. Uh, it's got James Lars and Rob with writing credits. Uh, I really dig the song. It's it's pretty cool. There's a lot of callbacks uh, lyrically. You, are you all right, Nate? Yeah, I just noticed something about Lords of Summer. I was raising my hand to just. Uh, I can uh, clarify. They did on June twentieth of twenty fourteen actually release a single that was both digital and a twelve inch vinyl. Oh, that's neat. Of a little collectible of out there. Of summer. Yes, yeah, a little collectible. And it has the it has the first pass version, which I'm guessing is like their first go at it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one time when they did live at Rock in Rome. Okay, yeah, because I do believe I read somewhere that they did absolutely just re-record the song for the album, uh, but it didn't make the final cut for the for the duel. It was on the third disc. Uh, now there's a lot of callbacks lyrically to some other stuff from, 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 from the Metallica past and like thematically the riffs. So some of these riffs remind me, and you're going to hear this a, a couple of different times as we get into the main album harkens back. Like this reminds me of like something you would have heard back, like just the straight da 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 da
all the way back on Ride the Lightning. You know, it's very fast. You know, uh, I really like the song. It's not like lyrically, it's not the most deep thought out song. It, it, it is a fast, thrashy song. You know, uh, I do believe Dick said it on what My Apocalypse. It's thrash. You know, that's thrash. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll start with Nate on this one. What do you think about Lords of Summer? Ah, let me go to the notes for the first time in the episode. Heavy and attacking tone, which I think you talked about having a lot to do with the fact that it was from the uh, Death Magnetic era, so that kind of carries over into their sound. Uh, I love the gallop riff. It's thrashy and whiplashy is how I wrote it because it has that whiplash vibe. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking. Exactly hidden in there. It's really beautifully done, though. Uh, Lars definitely goes mental in this song. There are moments where I'm just like, dude, you're getting old. How do you keep getting faster? Like, what drugs are you taking to keep your body still doing those things? Tell me. Uh, No remorse callback, like you said, in the chorus, as well as a four horsemen callback Mm -hmm. in that same chorus. Uh, The drum lead shift in the middle is fun, and it's also a little bit unexpected. The drums kind of cadence into the next bit of the song, which I really like. The solo is a little lacking, but that's only until they get to that dual lead action and then it fucking shreds. Uh, there are some fun jam sections in the song. And to give that beautiful number of live performances, we have seen Lords of Summer performed a total of 41 times live. Nice little respectable number for that, especially, yeah. you know, I mean, it, that's got to be just them. Hey, you know, we have a new song, you know, and, and we want to play something new. But uh, awesome. We'll go to. <laughs> Eight years between albums, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. They're just itching. That, itching was, for that was the first song in six years? Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting to note, as the day that we are recording this, is the anniversary of Quebec Magnetic being released. Hey. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool uh, I when I saw that uh, little post today. Uh, but, and I've just added another one to the drinking game. Every time we mention a different medium of Metallica, like a DVD or a, a VHS. Oh, shit. You've already done it today because I already mentioned the making ofs and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go to Nick next. What do you think? All right. Drinks up. I don't got a lot to say about this one. Um, it didn't get me too excited. Um, I wrote nothing memorable right before the solo. And what I'd said goes along with Nate. Like it has a couple of cool things in it, but when the dual guitars come in, it really um really caught my attention. But uh yeah, uh not to, not my favorite Metallica. Wasn't bad Metallica. It wasn't no cure, but uh it didn't it didn't it didn't get me going. All right. And Dick. I remember when this song so back way back in twenty fourteen, all the all the news, the rock news media outlets were like Metallica just played a new song live here, here. And then there was like a bunch of shitty versions. And then I think they finally like released like a, a really actual decent live version from their catalog, you know, since, the, you know, they record everything, like you said. Um, and I remember listening to it back then and being like, I was excited because I was like, sweet. I love death magnetic. Let's, let's hear this. And I was like, this is kind of, it's okay. But now, uh, six, or, I guess two years later when Hardwired came out and I listened to it again, I was like, this is still pretty okay. Fast forward four more years to this project. And I'm like, 
I like this a little more now, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you guys have said it all. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, um, it was a great track to put out to the fans, you know, somewhat satiate, you know, yeah. and I'm really glad that they put it as like a bonus track. Cause it honestly, it, it I say that it, it could have worked on the album itself, but it's also a bonus track. It, it Either or, it's fine. It works. I, I think it belongs it. on Hardwired. No, no, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think it does belong on Hardwired, and uh, I it's, just think it's a fun song. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't take the song, uh, take the song too seriously. I, I feel like they're having fun when they wrote it. I think James was having fun when he was throwing in the no oh, remorse, yeah. running, running, no remorse. You know, he's like, because he, to him, like, hey man, this sounds like kind of a very kill 'em all style of just attacking with that riff. Uh, and and so it's, I just feel like they're having fun. So Dick, we'll start with you. What was your rank? I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine and Nick. Five and a half. And Nate. Oh baby, time to throw in a weird wrench number. I gave it an 8.15 for some fucking reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's on there, man. I had, I was in a mood when I was listening to the song, and instead of writing a two, I wrote a fucking one. I'm just That's what happened. To drink. Let's do it. Yeah, take a drink, guys. Uh, That's such a weird okay. one. You, you are far away from it, even though I didn't rank it very high, I do want to echo Brandon's sentiment. Um, not, not just with this song, but uh, for me with the whole album – um, it feels like, like, uh, James in particular is having a blast. Oh yeah. He fucking, uh, hear it. you can definitely hear it. He killed the vocals on pretty much every song and, and you can absolutely hear it in his voice that it feels like he's having fun. Absolutely. So even though I didn't give a shit about Lords of Summer, I definitely do remember like, yeah, it definitely, with the video and everything, you know, it's just like, you know what? They're having a good time. You know, I'm I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I gave it a nine. I I dig it. I dug it when it came out. I dig it now, and uh, now we are ready to hit into the album itself, the hardwired to self destruct or hardwired to self self destruct. <laughs> All right, had to get it right. Had to get it right. Uh, the Appreciate first <laughs> the first track is hardwired. It was also the last track recorded for the album. Um. Mm. Yeah, it was the last one. They had all they had all the other songs done. Interesting. And they, and they were and they were like, "Man, we need like like we need something." To just like cuz they couldn't decide how to start the album. There was a there was a uh even a talk of having spit off the bone start the album. And like Holy shit, but how do you top that? Well, and and and, and that, that that was the argument of like, "Okay, then how do where do you go from there?" It's like it was like they needed something that was Basically, the idea was to sum up the album in the first track. Sum up the attitude. And also, they were like, what if it was like a short, like we have a lot of long songs. What if it was like more of a Misfits style of by the time you like you're into it, like it's over, you know? You know, so there was some inspiration from that as well. And that's also where uh, James had had the heard the line. A friend of his told him like, some of us are just hardwired to self-destruct. And it was a line that stuck with him. And uh, they they wrote the song. To me, hardwired. Okay, so this was the first track that came out for a single. I remember being super excited for it. Having flashbacks to the Death Magnetic era when, you know, running home from work 
literally just left my car at work and I just ran home. I, I, I was that excited uh, to go and hear, uh, you know, uh, the day that never comes. And then, you know, getting, getting home and it's like, and it just starts off with the, I'm like, wow. All right. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, and literally just like I had said, just like they were talking about, I was, I was head banging and bobbing. I'm like, what? All right. And then it was over. I'm like, <laughs> like, wow. And to me, it literally, this song especially, you could copy paste this song, put it on Kill 'Em All, and if it sounded like Young James and shitty production, I slayed. I, I, you could have fooled me. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I feel like I want to preface my entire review of this song on that. You're absolutely right. If this was on Kill 'Em All in Kill 'Em All era, I bet I'd love this song a lot more than I do. Yeah, it, it, it because the lyrics are pretty basic. Uh, it just the the riffs are there. <laughs> they're fast. They're heavy. The solo is quick. By the time you, one part I do like about it is. Uh, there's that little fast vocal part before the end of the song. Nate, do you know what a part I'm talking about? Once upon a planet burning, once it's upon a flame, once upon a fair returning all in vain. Do you feel it? Do, do you comprehend? comprehend? Do you, yeah. It's like really fast. It's like it changes. Like, And then that riff follows it. And it just like starts to go off dun, the rails. Dun, 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 dun. We're so fucked! <laughs> like, he is just in that vocal booth, which... When you watch the making of, I really like his vocal booth. He, it's like he has a mood room for his vocal booth. They have blankets put up. He has a lamp. He has lozenges. You know, he sits there with his guitar and just plays along, like whoa, just trying to figure this stuff out and have fun. And uh, yeah, no, I I really like the song. Uh, we'll start with uh, Dick first and see what he's got to say. Yeah, this song is uh, it's short, mm-hmm. probably one of the shortest Metallica songs probably in <laughs> entirety the entirety of their catalog of long ass songs <laughs> sometimes long ass repetitive songs well this is a short ass repetitive song and it's short it's sweet it kicks ass it kicks you in the face it's it's got punk rock all over it. it's got fucking thrash metal all over it um and as you guys were saying it's just they're having a blast like I all I watched like I think two and a half hours of the making of clips from Hardwired compiled together in one video. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, they're just having fun the entire time. Like James is just like, they're, they're not being serious about it the entire time. <laughs> they're just having a ball and I love it. And it, it shines through on this entire album. Awesome. We'll go to Nick next. Wait. Yeah. Have we gone to Nick already? Nope. All Quick right. No- you type in shortest Metallica song and you get absolutely nothing but shortest straw. (laughs) (laughs) Technically Uh, that is the shortest Metallica song. Is it? No, I don't know. No, no, it's not. I'm just saying by title. (laughs) I went book two and I mean, what it's three eleven. That's pretty short, but it's incredibly short. Um, so I kind of alluded earlier, um, this is not my favorite song on the album. Um, I love the intro. I was super stoked because, you know, I'm one of those like um, 
I, I like the album. It needs to kick. You know, you need to show us what we're getting into. So they open up with that riff. I'm like, oh, fucking K. All right, here we go. Um, um, but for me, it was, uh, I'll say stock. Um, the first solo was pretty decent to me. Um, I can't get over, and this has been for years, the way James delivers the we're so fucked line. I hate it so much. Um, I don't know if it's his delivery or if it just sounds fucking silly to me. Um, I don't know. But uh, overall, I would say I thought it was a pretty decent um, first song overall. And see, like, that's become a running theme. So take a drink for that one. Anytime that we, like, compare the opening songs. (laughs) I just actually added one. I said anytime the word stock gets mentioned, because no. that gets thrown around like ninja stars it, on this show. Ninja star, do they have a ninja star logo? Hey, see what I did? <laughs> Holy there? shit. Unintentionally. <laughs> Forget. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, like as far as opening songs go, you know, this is definitely the shortest. And I think it does kind of like it gets your attention. You know, they yeah. want they wanted to get your attention. They wanted to kick you in the teeth, and they didn't want you to sit there for seven minutes with an opening track. So, like, let's do it short and sweet. Hit it. Let's go. Uh, Nate, I do believe you're next. Oh, yes, sir. And my notes say this. Boom! Right into that thrash feel that makes this band so good. They do have that thrash vibe. They are able to pull it back to their roots, which is beautiful. Uh, the main riff verse is simple. You guys have said it, but it definitely has a nice jam to it. I mean, you could still groove into the song. There's nothing that turns me off from wanting to listen to Hardwired. If it comes on, I'm going to just keep it on the radio and, and groove. The first solo kicks, and one thing that I really wrote uh, to note is that solo has heavy fuel vibes. Like, really go listen to the solo of Fuel and then the solo of Hardwired. And they, not the same notes, but the feel is like, oh, man, Kirk just said, Let, let's go into the well. And I know I might not have any riffs, but I know the well. Let me go down there. You know, and he he, he sunk down into it. Um, Lars blasting off doubles in this song is, again, just to mention his age and how incredible it is for him to be still doing it at this level. And this is not even the fastest he will be on the album. This is just like dipping his pinky toe into the water before making the splash. Lyrically, the song is very to the point. And that's all my notes say. Now, I do have the number. You're asking live performances. This one's a pretty tall tale as it's 161 live performances. Me and Nate went to the show where they opened up live with it. Oh, yes, we did. Yep. Last year. I'm wearing yep, yeah, this is the the tour shirt. The broke that out for this one. Um but uh, also really something that they started doing as far as tour shirts, they they try to have their own poster and shirt for each and every city they go to. The one we went to was a cool spider thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they got a guy that just does a bunch of art uh for all the cities. And a lot of times when you go to um like when, like when they go overseas to Europe or to other countries, they'll work in the flag of that country into the into the design. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Nate, we'll start with you then. Uh, rank eight point two five, brother. Get right to the point. Point two five, and Nick. All right, two things. One, my rank is a six. Uh, 
Second, after a little more research, loudwire.com says that Hardwired is the shortest Metallica song followed by Motor Breath. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another Kill em All track. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. And Dick. This is a this is a killer way to start the album, so I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. I gave it an eight. I dig it. I absolutely dig it. I remember I was so excited about it. I played it for a friend of mine, and my friend is like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really like it. I'm like, what? How can you, what? <laughs> anyway, um, so then uh, I do believe the next song was a single. It's it's kind of it's getting harder to like dive into singles because they literally released a new song like almost every month until the album came out. Can confirm this was a single. On its own, Atlas Rise released October 31st mm-hmm. of 2016. And uh, I, when I first heard the song, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, it, like, this was kind of a grower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Atlas Rise, not a shower. It is a grower. It's not. I, <laughs> Got it. Oh shit. Oh man. That was good. So the more that I listen okay, so like I didn't really start liking the track until the album came out when I was actually like dissecting the songs. And it was probably not even until like a couple times through, because I'd already started getting some other feelings on other songs later that I'll bring up. But this song gave me really heavy new wave of British heavy metal vibe. And I was listening to it. I'm like, man, this sounds like this way that they're doing the dual guitars, the the structure. It reminds me of something that you would have heard uh, like from an Iron Maiden or um, a Diamond Head or just one of those early bands that, that really inspired them. And... Uh, one of the lyrics that I really like, um, which I later found out was actually kind of cool. Um, blame, blame the world and blame your maker. Wish him to the undertaker is a direct call to the WWE's undertaker. Nice. My, my dumb fucking nerd brain saw the word undertaker when reading the lyrics and immediately went to WWF. I was like, that is, that is what James meant. He he had him in his mind when he was writing it. He was coming up with stuff to say. Um, Taker's a big Metallica fan, and James is a big Undertaker fan. So that was his little, you know, way of just like give give and salute. Um, the chorus to this song, I never really. That's the part of it I think that turned me off the most. It, with it because it was the da 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 da. Duh. And then the vocals were like, die as you suffer in vain. All of the grief and the pain. Die as you hold up the skies. Atlas. Rise. And I was thought that it kind of like, I don't know. It just, it, 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 I didn't get into the groove of it. But as I started dissecting a little bit more into it, I like the song a lot more now than I did then. And um, uh, we'll have Nick go first. Um, I'm glad you chose me because what, what I really like with uh, this podcast in this format 
when people just just do not agree. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes me love this song is the chorus. Um, it, it gave me the it gave me maidenly vibes. Mm-hmm. I liked how spastic it was. <clears throat> um, this thing is chock full of good riffs. Yeah, just a bunch of good riffs. Um, like I said, I love the chorus. Um, lots of dual guitar shit that I just fucking love. Um, I put pretty damn good solo. Um, followed by at around three and a half minutes in, um, I'm seriously, I, I rewound the song because it was some of the best Metallica I've heard in albums. Are you talking uh, about when the riff shifts to like the dent 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 dent? Oh my god! Yes. The second half. The second half of this song is like they have woken up from a fifteen-year slumber. It was so fucking good for me. So, wake the sleep, but die. Um, wake the beast. <laughs> yeah. I am biting my tongue at you, Nate. Trying not to spit back. Ooh. I like the double double entendre there. Okay, continue, Nick. I'm sorry. Um, that's pretty much all I've got. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just give a slight spoiler. Like, I'm this song. Uh, after I was done with it, I was like, this this shit might actually fucking kick, and uh, the album continues to kick after this. So, as much as I wasn't a huge fan of Hardwired, I heard Atlas Rise. I'm like. Okay, they're still trying to kick my dick in, so I'm gonna give them the chance. Oh so. yeah, still trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they do it. I'll say they do it. They kick my dick in with this one. As I said, this song it it took a while for me to really like dive into it, and I think it was more so. I hear exactly what Nick said. I hear all these influences, and the thing is, is that I didn't get it when I first heard it or going into it. It was not until I was later on to the album and my other listens that I'm like, this song, this and this, I, I hear this here, I hear this here. Then I did, restarted the album one day. I went, oh, wait. I was too harsh on this song. And just like you said, that chorus, I didn't like it. But there is a maiden feel in there. Absolutely. That's why when you said it, I, I was like, yep, right there. Um, We'll go to Dick next. What do you think? So I too did not originally love this song back four years ago. And I and I'm just gonna say this, I have not really listened to this album since my initial listen four years ago, the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Um but and yeah, I, I wasn't a giant fan of the song mostly because of the chorus, because of the way it just syncopates with the music, the way James the, syncopates the lyrics with everything. And now that's actually the thing that saves it for me i mean i don't mean save it as in this is a shitty song because this is an awesome song and uh but now that's the reason i love this song (laughs) i don't think they do it very often no not entirely that's not a very metallica thing to just but i love the lyrics i love the imagery of atlas holding up the sky and or james comparing someone to atlas and Mm -hmm. it's it's cool feeling like you have the world on your shoulders kind of deal you know um. All right, Nate. Okay, so this is twofold because I have a little short story that goes with Atlas Rise because there was a really interesting thing that happened to me. But before that, let's get into the notes. Uh, notes are as follows. I wrote classic, angular riffing. Take a drink. Uh, 
I love all you bear. That's one of my favorite lines. It's just the way he delivers that with such angst. I love uh, all you the bears. Chorus, all the bears. I love all the bears. Yep. <laughs> that way that does not come out right. I do not love all the bears. All you bear, Don't all you carry. <laughs> uh, chorus has epic vibes. Literally epic. I mean, and Nick nailed it with with the just the the way the riffage is working with everything else in the song creates the epicness that is that chorus. And we'll go back to that in a minute. Super catchy and groovy riffs also throughout. The lyrics are very powerful. Nick, again, sharing your sentiment. The midway breakdown to the solos is seamless and really where they come alive. The exact 420 mark, shout out to you stoners, is an old school epic and one of the best on the album's and I love the fun misdirect outro. The way the song ends is not how you really really would expect it to end. And then I really do enjoy that. Now, quickly, the story just to actually let's go to the number first and then I'll tell you guys the story. 124 live performances, including uh, as actually Brando and I saw one of the last live performances of Atlas mm -hmm. Rise. Uh, it was only played two days later in Michigan was the last time it was played. So, yeah, we were some of the last people to see it live perform, which is cool. When was uh, that? What year was that? Uh, last year in Indy, in March. Uh, and uh, to, to piggyback on that whole March thing, so Brandon and I were in the building, and there's this whole, like, he's over there, I'm over here, I'm with my dad and my sister and her boyfriend and husband guy, and we watched the concert, and we go home, and the next day I've got to drive home. And on my drive home, this song, when I'm listening to it in the car, it hit me that I had just seen Metallica live, and they were like, my band the, the the pinnacle of who i need to see live and i literally driving in the car wept listening to this song because the chorus as soon as the chorus hit i remembered being in the audience and feeling it and was like holy shit man like there was no greater experience than being in that crowd in that moment and this song is to me their best work on this album and that's just my personal preference. Maybe not your guys the same exact cup of tea, but when you're looking at my rankings versus the rest of the album, this is where I said this is the best they did, in my opinion. So, yeah. ironically, Nate, uh, I teared up during the Ecstasy of Gold intro, bro. Like, how can you didn't not make it very far? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even make it on the way home. <laughs> well, and the unfortunate thing is that, like, when I bought my ticket, uh, there was literally no one that I knew who could, like, come up and say, yeah, get me a ticket right now. Like, so I, I was literally there by myself. And as I was coming into the building, Nate happened to be wrapping around these steps right at the same spot. Like that was like just like all these people, 18,000 people in this in this building trying to get in. And me and him are like, what's up, dude? Faded appointments, you guys. Faded appointments. But like, no, it like I'm with Nate. It was one of the like the achievements. There's not too many other bands I feel like I, I got to see Sabbath and Maiden, and that's awesome. Like I can say I did it. If I never get to see them again, I'll, I'll I, I I could die happy. But Metallica was one that really bugged me that I hadn't had a chance to see. You know, <laughs> they are the heavy band that started me down my path. They're the reason why I fell in love with Iron Maiden. Just like they, just like they wanted, just like they want people to do that. So, Nate, got a rank for me? Nine point seven five, near perfect in my opinion. And Dick, nine and a half. And Nick, <clears throat> you guys make me feel like I have to preface this, but the rank is based on all Metallica songs. I feel mm -hmm. like I have to say that because. Sure. 
I really, really fucking like this song. I still gave it a seven and a half. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been doing it so hard, like going back through my old ranks mm-hmm. and thinking, like, do I need to change shit around? Um, and there's a lot of um, so for this one in particular, it's Black Album. I go back at the Black Album and I see where those are ranked, and I'm like, well, fuck. So now I'm comparing these songs to to this and that. Um, and generally I'm pretty happy, um, with the way I've done things, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Atlas Rise seven and a half, which is honestly, you guys probably know, like top tier for me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you're in the sevens, then you're in the top. So, <laughs> um, that, that, you know, that's something that we could kind of look at, um, going in, going into the finale episode for this, uh, Average rank. well, like, well, like, well, like what we can do is that we could go back and if there's anyone that after you've had time to brew on it and go back and, you know, look back at what you did rank, it's like, would you change it? Or like, would you like, you know, it, it won't cement it in stone because you've already ranked it, but it's like, all right, you know what? That song, now that we've, that was three months ago and I've heard it again the other day and I like it more than I thought I did. So that's something that we can do too. Uh, I gave the song a nine. As I said, it was a grower. <laughs> it, it, it rose into itself for me. Um, I really, this has been brought up in the last fucking episode because God, <laughs> if we started the Grower Shower thing, that would have <laughs> uh, a whole drinking game in and of itself. Uh, oh man! Wow. I would say that for the longest time, I thought it was Atlas Arise, not just Rise. Boo! Hmm. It works still. 30 percent paying attention, huh? sure <laughs> that's not good all right all right the next song now that we're dead i do believe that's also another single it was april april of 17 it was I mean, they had six singles from this damn thing um half the album <laughs> <laughs> true that this song clocks in at seven minutes and um let me just say this is like low-key one of my favorite songs in the album it kicks. Same. This song. Okay, so this isn't the most technical song. Obviously, Atlas Rise was a technical beast. Then you get to this song, and Metallica has this ability to get into this pocket. That when they're in there and they're grooving, you're moving your head. And I don't think that this was intended to be this way whatsoever. But I get Sandman vibes from here. Uh, from the buildup, it doesn't. It's not Sandman. I mean, this isn't Sandman Part Fifteen, like we were talking about, like on this albums before. But as far as getting into that pocket, that 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 with the drums and the guitar and everything coming together, and I I remember seeing the video for it, and it it's like they're playing just in this room, but it's like you never really see their faces. It's so weird. It's like, and. Whenever this song comes on, I I love the little like like kill switch intro, the little at eh, at eh, just the you're hitting that switch. Wow. I love the drums in the intro, the little He's just hitting all these different kind of fills. And it, it it's that Sandman type build up intro. Just okay, we're going somewhere and then he just hits that little ta and then they just kick into it. 
and then they go back out and lay back, and he just comes in with the vocals. It kicks. I absolutely love this song. Nate. So sweet. Uh, now that we're dead, jamming out the gate. Uh, you said it. Fun drum cadence on the toms. I do love that. Uh, this song for me, not Metallica vibes. Even though it's a Metallica song, it doesn't give me Metallica vibes. First thing that came into my head, no more tears. 100% no more tears vibes. I, I can't not hear it every time I hear this song. I love the line, all centers, a future, and all saints, a past, because that is so true. Anyone who is fucked up in their life, can move forward beyond what they were and anyone who thinks they are living a perfect life probably has some shit in their past they're not too proud about and that's and that's just a beautiful again james calling from personal experience james pulling in from his inner and saying i've moved from my demons i have an opportunity to move beyond that and you guys can too and i, and I love that uh more angles more angles we're angling uh it is a rule. Yes. Oh, totally. Okay. People are getting wasted on the angle rule. And that doesn't count when I call it the angle rule. That is not a drink. <laughs> but when I mention that there are angles, that's the thing. Uh, so the drum roll transition really works. The solo kills so much that I actually in real time listening on the Zoom pulled out the air guitar. I pulled it out and it was was. <laughs> Stop it! They're dead already. They're only Stop, Stop making... hitting him. He's dead already. Stop it! He's dead. He I died. hope you guys are drinking light beer. Yeah, for real. For well, my hope is is if you're a Metallica fan, you're probably a seasoned vet drinker at this point. I'm just saying. And also, I will mention. <laughs> 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 oh. We'll also mention I have considered making the game adjustable for all non-drinkers who only partake in the marijuana bowls. Oh my gosh! Because then you could just get really high while you listen to us talk, and that could be fun too. I mean, you might you might like the songs more by the time you're done. Not worth <laughs> not remembering the ranks. You're like the song was a six, and now it's a Dude, fourteen. They yeah. got they got cure wrong. Okay. <laughs> they were wrong. About the, <laughs> just gotta be getting the right headspace, man. Have you thought about the cure, man? Like, really? Thought <laughs> just fucking like <laughs> right mindset, bro. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god, I'm dead here. Uh, let's see. The last parts of my notes here say, "Back into the chorus, hits so hard." We can live forever. And I love that line. And another thing to talk about the actual now that we're dead. I think that that's a, a cool way to say, like, sometimes you don't know your legacy and you can't as a living person know your legacy because your legacy will only come out after you're gone. And that could cause you to literally live beyond your wildest dreams and actually be immortalized. You live in other people's memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that coming out of the solo and the song backs away a little bit. The dun, 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 and he goes like, dun, where now, now, now. He's like, he starts like, that gave me outlaw torn vibes. Ooh, yeah. Brandon, do you know a really interesting stat about this song? What is that, my friend? Uh, that the way they played it when we saw them was the first or second time they performed it in that specific style. Do you remember what they did? Oh, 
the, the they stopped in the middle and for the, uh, the it was like a big long break in the song, and they did um, like er, everybody put like got on like different drums. It was like these big drum like, cubes. Drum cubes came from tum, the... tum, 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 tum. Yeah, yeah. And then they all started like doing this really cool like drum cadence where all four members of Metallica were drumming in sync with each other, and it yeah. was really dum, fucking cool. Down, down. Down, 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 down. Yeah, it, it it was really neat because it's like you know it, it's awesome to go see a band live, but it's also something like when they when they're trying to like entertain you beyond just play the songs, you know. Like for some bands, yeah. you have a big stage show. Iron Maiden has Eddie running around, Bruce with the flag and the and then the red coat and all this stuff. Ears and yeah. fucking, it's a stage show for Maiden. Yeah, you know, and well, and you know, Metallica does the, does the same thing. They got some different stuff that they try to do to entertain you. Uh, with pyro or different things, and, and and this was one of them, and it was different. Like, like it was just like something in the middle to kind of like, all right, let's do something different here. And then, like, it didn't really overstay too long. Back to you, Nate. Oh, also, I need to. Uh, I, well, that was the end of my notes, but I do need to mention the the numbers times played live, mm-hmm. um, which is 127 live performances, a lot more than I was actually expecting. Oh. Yeah. Consider it was released in 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of fucking plays for such a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played it for it, like it had they they had to bring this out for a lot of the for a lot of the shows for for you know like in support of Hardwired. But uh, Nick, we'll hop, we'll hop over to you next. So, um, wasn't excited going in. Now that we're dead, was that's a stupid fucking name to me, which has no bearing on the song whatsoever. So, um, then it comes in, and I love the nice and long... To me, it was like Black Era intro. Mm -hmm. Um, My notes go like this. Really dig the first verse lyrics. Um, I've got a couple more notes, and then I say, okay, fuck it. All the lyrics are really fucking good. Um, Real 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 time note writing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and like I said, like, I was like, I fucking hate the name. This name, like, I don't know why this is a dumbass name. But then I got to the chorus and I'm like, oh, okay, I fucking really like the name. Fine. <laughs> um, the chorus is admittedly really cheesy, but I just really like it. I like the delivery. Uh, I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, and I thought that Solo was unique. Um, it was different than some of his other stuff. Uh, and I really liked it. So, um, another banger. I really like this song as much as I like. I went in, and it's so funny. Like you just see the title, and you're like, "I ain't gonna fucking like this song." It's like, "Oh, never mind. It's it's totally fine." And the and the title's perfect. Never mind. Fuck. <laughs> okay, you got me this time. All right, Dick. So I I really like that Nate brought up the the no more tears vibes because I don't get no more tears, but I definitely get like eighties rock out of this uh honestly i i I told you brandon i said i were they just listening to like a lot of scorpions like love at first sting (laughs) like a month straight and before they wrote this song because i if if we could go back in time and place this recording of this song of metallica on love at first sting just somewhere in it and come back to our time nobody would be mad about it 
I think it fit, it would fit perfect on Love at First Sting. And I love that album. Scorpions are fucking badass. So, um, yeah, you guys have all really said it all. Uh, I really love the theme of this song. I love the themes I originally had, but have now been updated due to you guys talking about it. Um, I saw this as like a love song. I mean, it's hard to be, to not think that with the lyrics of the chorus. Mm -hmm. Now that we're dead, my dear, right. We can be together. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's a shallow way of looking at it, but that's me. So, um, yeah, this song kicks ass. You guys have all said it. I really like at the end for the last chorus, when they do, when he sings the chorus at like a, different register yeah um yep. where he, he doesn't like, just sing it again he's he sings it like it's like i don't know like up here a bit it's just like it's almost like if it if he was on eight or seven before he just knocked it up one or two or one and a half because it's just like i don't know it just makes it impact more it's like because it, it like it, it's like hitting you right at the end well it's the final chorus you yeah. know it's really got to grab you and bring it home uh that's that's just production 101 right there. Mm-hmm. All right, Dick, we'll start with you. What was your rank? Oh, I'm giving it a nine and a half. Nine and a half. And Nick? I give it seven and a half. See, straight up banger for him right there, seven and a half. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nate? Let's split the difference and go with an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Wait, hold on, hold up, hold up. Um, Dick, what, like, what was yours, nine and a half? Yeah, nine and a half. All right, I actually went to you instead of Nate. Eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I gave this song a ten. Nice. Yeah. I love this Shit. song. I, I absolutely love this song. Anytime, anytime this song, like if I'm cruising and it's on shuffle and I hear the, da, 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 then this is like cruising music for me. It's like, like all of a sudden my foot's like, I'm on cruise control. Right. And my foot starts hitting that pedal a little bit harder. <laughs> I start my, 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 my own car. In fact, no, I don't even have my foot on the pedal. My own car is like, no, we're going faster now. Can you imagine you have, uh, the, the speed controlled volume, you know, how, like when, like when you go faster and, and, and it and gets you, louder. Yeah. But when you slow down to go to like a stop sign, the, like it turns your radio down. Can you imagine yeah. if it was reverse, you had volume controlled speed. <laughs> I want to listen at this loud, driving me that fast. Let's see how we go. Sorry, officer. I was listening to Death Magnetic. <laughs> original, <laughs> original mix. Original mix. Um, Nick stepped away for a second, but we'll go on and carry on. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he won't mind. Uh, and, and we'll be talking about Moth into Flame. This was, if I remember correctly, this was the second, yes, the second single. came out September 26th. 2016 one day before the anniversary of cliff's passing um the theme behind the song is about basically being that celebrity and getting caught up into your own and into that own downward spiral and one of the one of the weird um kind of inspirations for the song was oh come on i just had her hit like the Amy Winehouse, Amy Winehouse, yeah, yep. Well, because it's just like you know, uh, you know, she was a talent, and then it just like fume, drank it away. You know, and literally deteriorate over like a few months. Yeah, like well, it, well, cause it was, and it was bad. It was almost like everybody saw it, but she just 
nope, she, she wouldn't listen to it, and she, she she would you know she did her own thing, and unfortunately it like it robbed her of her life so short, and it, and then it robbed other people from what she could have you know, you know put out there as far as music and art. Uh, that this song gives me heavy justice vibes. I don't know about you, but when the song first kicks in with the dual guitars, I get some justice vibes. Um, but I also get four horsemen vibes. I still get scorpions vibes. <laughs> there might be some scorpions vibes. I love it. My uh, notes: the first line involves the vibes. Literally, it, it oh says God. what my vibes were. So when you get to me, I'll tell you what my vibes say. All right, I mean, it could be scorpions. It could be Dokken. It could be any of those bands. It's great. Okay, so you have Blacked Out, Pop Queen, Amphetamine. I, some of the lyrics in this is just really cool with how he was able to, like, like really unique like ver- versatility with his rhyming. Blacked Out, Pop Queen, Amphetamine, The Scream sm- Crashed Into Silence, Tapped Out, Dass in the, Doused in the Gasoline, The High Times Going Timeless, Decadence. The delivery is some of my favorite mm-hmm. delivery James has ever done on any album ever. So, on this song, those verses, mm-hmm. the way he goes out, like you're saying, mm-hmm. so so good. The, yes, I agree with you 100%. So, decadence, like, so time has taken its toll on you. The lines of crap, your face, <laughs> famine, pestilence, but what you have gone through and what you have put others through, it's not the same. Oh, it's I not this, it. but but it's kind of like decadence. Death be death of the innocent. The pathway starts to spiral, and then I tell you what, um, I, I fucking dig this song. The fucking <laughs> dude, like they kind of like turn it up a little bit with the light it up, oh light it up, and then you get this cool little like lead part in there. And then you get this not, uh, awesome solo. I, I love the way that he delivers it, and um, where where he does like this dual like vocal thing. Sold your soul, build a high wall, and it just kicks. Also, Nate, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a story here from you. Probably seeing it live when they do the song live, they have um, drones that they fly out of the stage. And they all have lights on them, and they, and and they're all like, like fireflies or moths flying around the stage, and they're indivi- they're individually cohesively programmed to work together like an actual swarm of fireflies. It's fucking nuts. They also fucked the song up when we saw it live. <laughs> so Kirk, well, correction, Kirk did. Yeah, <laughs> they went to start it, and Kirk hit the like he was like a half a beat in, like, and they just stopped and looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it was an eight count from Lars one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ba da da da, you know. But Kirk came in on six, so it was one, two, three, four, five, six. And he was the only one playing, and it sounded so bad. And then they were like, hey, we each get one fuck up a night. He just used his. <laughs> um, well, that's, I'm, that's, I'm playing. What's up, Nick? Like, that was yours. You ain't got no more. Yep. Now, interesting to also note that that fuck up has caused if you do not have the ticket to get the download for that show if you just download the indianapolis version of that concert moth into flame is not on there just fyi they fucked up that bad well it was just a fuck up at all so they chose not to add it if you if you're if you weren't there at the show and know they played it that's interesting that is really interesting 
because um, because I've got the album here. While we're just kind of just kind of all spitballing here, I love I have it. um, Well, yeah, um, if you had the ticket, you got it. But if you don't, you can't. Oh, so. Oh, because anybody can buy it. Correct. But if you have the ticket, you get it for free. Okay, I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Um, I really like the writing on this one. Um, and and I do the same kind of thing. Um, that I'm getting ready to bring up on the, let's call it pre-chorus. Um, the oh, light it up, oh, light it up. First, it's kill the truth. Then it's tell the truth. Then it's no excuse. I fucking love it. It's the same. If you're if you're not paying that much attention, it's just the same pre-chorus. It's cool lyric progression, but it's not. It's the song itself progresses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at first it's like yeah, deny it, and then it's like come on, dude, say it. And at the end, it's like, dude, come on. There's no denying it, dude. Just no excuses. So this is just fucking. Yeah. They just- Wait, this is this is some of the best writing they've done in a long time. I yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I heard I heard baby crying. Like it, it, we had like that weird si- a weird silence, and I hear in the background, and I'm like, I hope there's nothing wrong, dude. My kid busted his chin last night. Shit, and Ooh. like he was like. It was one of those things where I'm like, I want to move it. See, I'm trying not to be so like overcautious and protective, right? Because I was, you know, and just let him get hurt. And then he, but and like he caught himself. He didn't catch himself second time. <laughs> he went chin first, like, because we have like these like he was like on this little like pad play thing that we have. So he was, he's about almost like a like I don't like like a, almost a foot off the floor, and then he just went plop chin, and it, he got he got a scuff. We were a little worried, so I'm I'm like. I'm like, uh, no, okay, no, just as long as I'm not getting a zip, 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 <laughs> help, <laughs> SOS. Right. Um, but no, I, I echo everything that you said, Nick. This, um, again, I, I played this for a couple friends and they were not feeling it. It was just like they heard the first one, didn't like it, heard a set, heard this song, did, they weren't into it. And instantly I heard, you know, with that dual guitar, like justice vibes. I'm like, this is. This you could just change the tone on the riffs. Maybe not. Maybe not the like the lyrical content because he's a better lyricist now. But just the you, if you put the guitars on there, you and and you would say, "Hey, this was a demo from Justice." And and I, I if it was if I had never heard this song before, I went, "Wow, that's yeah, yeah, that sounds like something that that you would have heard." Dick, we'll go to you next. Uh, James is on fire with this song. He's absolutely on fire with this no song. No pun intended. But, uh, Moth into flame. Ha, ha, ha. Just like the <laughs> James, James was also literally on fire once. He yeah. was. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> no, just the, the staccato delivery of the, the verse lyrics. Uh, and then, you know, like this is another song that like I kind of had to uh, drill out of my brain my original impression of it because I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't my favorite. And then I heard the performance with Lady Gaga, and that's all I heard from that point on <laughs> was that performance. And I was like, ah. But so, like, the first 80 listens this time around, I had to – I didn't listen to it that many times. But um, it, the only part I really still am not a huge fan of is the uh, – I'm off into the flame, like that part. Like, I just 
I don't like how it syncs up with the music. It's syncopated with it. And but the rest of the song, <clears throat> killer. I actually like the part when he says a moth into the flame. Um, <laughs> um, more, more, more specifically though, uh, I, I, I like the, the part when he says it, um, it's before like the, the chorus, it's like a moth into the flame burn. Oh yeah. When he has that burn in there, it's like, guarantee your name and go and kill yourself. The vultures feast around you still. Overdose on shame and insecurity. Like I love the the same rise and fall. Who cares at all? Seduced by fame, and then a month into the fame, it's like okay. See, I like I like how fucking fancy that first part is. Like, it's the delivery that you're not liking. Not yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. And, it's, and again, it's probably mostly because I hear the Lady Gaga version in my head. And that's that fucking, a shame. James's face. He's so mad. Oh my God, he's hurting. <laughs> he's like pushing down microphone stands as he finds out they're not working. Like, get the, get. Finally, they just share a mic. It's like. It was a cool performance, though. Yeah. It was a cool performance. The it fact- was. You know, it's really cool that they did it yeah, at I mean, all. I mean, I'm she- a Lady Gaga fan, so. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, she, she's a Metallica fan. Yeah, she's really into them, and they were able to, since they're such pros, improvise and do their thing. It wasn't how they rehearsed it. It wasn't how it was supposed to be. James is angry, and then I believe when they're done, he just throws his guitar. Yep, <laughs> he just he like, throws it. I have never seen this at all. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I have to watch this after. Uh, It was on the Grammys. Is that the Grammys one year? Or it was a huge, something huge. It was some award show. I'm on with them and his mic's fucking up. And you, you see it on James's fucking whole body. He's getting pissed and song ends and he just fucking, Someone catches it, I think, but he fucking uh, chucks that guitar. He's pissed. 2017 Grammys. All right. Okay. I'll look that up. Yeah, definitely. Lots definitely. of. There, it's on. It's on Metallica's YouTube and Lady Gaga's YouTube. I wonder. I wonder. See, because it's after they're over that he's leaving the stage, and you just see him like, "I'm done. <laughs> I'm done." All right, Nate. I do believe you're last year. All right, Tim, off into the flames. Uh, lightning vibes, you guys. Ride the lightning. Listen to the riff. You know, it's very similar. Uh, the lyrics are brilliant. You guys have talked it up and down. Again, Lars hits the gas pedal, just turns it up. The chorus is quite possibly my favorite chorus on the whole album, actually. Like, I love the song, but the chorus especially is something. And I know that the moth into the flame part, Dick doesn't really... I think it hits perfectly. Uh, there's something I, the wa- like I wrote. Wah solo rages on, which is true. There's a cool wah solo that Kirk does there. Uh, Rob is hidden, but in some ways he shines just like Cliff used to, where he's he's in the pocket with the band, but then at some points he kind of goes off and does his own little thing. And then he comes back in and joins them, and, the, and and that's really what Cliff was masterful at doing. So I loved hearing that. The song is twofold as you know amy winehouse is one thing the other way to kind of interpret the song moth into flames uh, seduced by fame 
is internet sensations, people who are internet famous who think they have it. And they, as soon as, uh, uh, you know, uh, another hit erases all the pain is not a hit as much as it is a like, a share, a comment, or a subscribe when someone's getting that rush of adrenaline you feel when someone is vibing your shit and how quickly that can just be gone and be you could be nothing. You could say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, or just life doesn't agree with you and you don't get to continue that path. So I love that. Um, it is got a really justice outro. I will say the justice vibes for me didn't come till the outro. Uh, and for the number, we have 156 live performances by Metallica for Moth into Flame. All right. And your rank. Let's give this song bitch a 9.25. And Dick. Nine. And Nick. Um, I don't think I got to go with my turn because I kept interrupting everybody because of how much I loved it. See, I just kind of like let you just uh, like when you kind of just broke in and you talked, I just kind of gave that. But if you have anything to add, go for it. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look here. Oh, the fucking um, the lick between the verses and the chorus. The da na 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 na. It's like they're having so much fucking fun on the song that they're like, can we throw something else? Sure, let's throw that little bit in. Um, uh, That's pretty much it. Oh, the guitars before the final chorus. They're doing some crazy shit right before it. Like, building up. Like, there's so much building up in this song. And I fucking loved it. Um, It's so funny that I... I, It sounds like I like this more than everyone else, and I gave it an (laughs) 8.25. You're just objective. I tried to be, but you did the thing that I never, I didn't actually think to do it how you did it, Nick. And now I look at all my rankings and I'm like, fuck, I should have compared it to the other albums and thought, but I kind of was like, every time I ranked it, it was within that album's bubble, you know, in some ways. Okay. So, uh, so just for everyone fucking listening, what Nate just said, I guarantee you, uh, every single album of mine would be different. Every single fucking one. So, okay, here we go. Just real quick, just for this one song. That this would be the ten. Yeah. On on this album, Moth into Flame would be the the ten. It'd be this is the song on the album, number one song on the album. Um, but my my dumbass brain can't like Moth into Flame or Master of Puppets. It, that that's what it's that, always I, puppets. I, yeah, totally. So, um, to each their own, obviously. But, um. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like it's just exciting. Like it was so much fun listening to this album because it felt like it was like you got you got Saint Anger, which whatever, and then Death Magnetic was like a return to form. Um, and to me, this was just like better. Like I like Death Magnetic, and and this was better. You know, when you're when you're doing your your album, you know, like it's like. Next, next Metallica album, I am expecting better, you know, I, like, like since, since St. Anger, like they've just been getting better, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah. They're more Even, tight. They're co- more cohesive as a unit. Absolutely. Well, like, I feel like, I guess, if, you know, if we're going back, mm-hmm. you know, like we all agreed that St. Anger was like a, a post rehab, you know, therapy session. Re- redefining ourselves or rediscovering ourselves um and they got the reaction that they deserved and then started releasing shit that you're like i'll i'll accept this i'll accept death magnetic i'll fucking accept hardwired this is 
pretty fucking good. So, Moth into Flame to me, it's the highlight. I really, really, yeah. really. Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, I gave this a nine five. This is definitely up there. Uh, you know, coming off of hearing just Hardwired uh, as that as, as that first. That's all we had for like a month was just that three minute track. You know, <laughs> that's it. And then uh, to come into this one as a nice little taste of what the what the album's gonna be, it's it's definitely it's definitely a kicker for sure. The next banger. track, you banger, I would say banger, definite banger. banger. I, you know, one thing we should mention before we jump to the next track that Nick unintentionally like reminded me to mention: this is the first album on Blackened Records for Metallica. Yes, this is yes, them yes, officially it is. Yep. breaking away, and I think to go back to that having fun. It's because they're on their own time. They're allowed to work how they want to work. They're allowed to create how they want to create. They don't have to go, ah, oh, fuck, man, this Warner Brothers exec or whoever, Electra is going to come in and be like, oh, that's shit. We don't want it. They know whatever they produce, they're going to trust their judgments because that's what they've made their career on is trusting themselves. So this album really shows that to the full front. That's absolutely true because uh, they're not on anyone else's dime. They're on their dime. You nope. know? And, and you uh, can I feel like you can hear it. Mm-hmm. You can just hear that they're finally having they're, they're having fun. You know, they fucking like you said, they do a music video for every fucking song, and they can do that because they're Metallica. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was talking with um, I went on a, a mini <clears throat> mini road trip with some bros, um, and jokingly, I was like, we all joke about Metallica, but like, have you all heard some Saint Anger? Um. You know, and, and, and even not in so much St. Anger, like, I think it goes back to as far as even, like, the Black Album. Um, there's just some songs that, like, don't feel like they fit and shit. And we joked about, like, is that an executive thing? Like, you need eight songs on this album. You need nine songs on this. And so you're forced to fucking pump something else, you know, extra out. And um, shit, even with, you know, there's a bunch of songs on this album that are all them. Um that happened to them on Ride the Lightning. Even Escape. their worst, even the worst shit on this album is still pretty fucking all right. So, yeah, absolutely. The next song is called Dream No More, and it is the third song set in the Lovecraft. Uh, yes, it world. is. Uh, the first being Call Cthulhu, the second one being uh, The Thing That Should Not Be, and then now Dream No More. Uh, the sound for this song to me, it's almost like if there's a little bit of thing that should not be here because of vibe, but in tone and it's almost kind of like if memory remains and devil's dance had a baby. My fucking first, I don't even care. I'm all right. All right. You go first, Nate. Reload, load vibes. Yep. First line of my fucking notes, dude. You nailed it. Continue on, Brandon. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's just like, uh, it's heavy. It's dark. Um, uh, I I dig the chorus. I it's it's not like super complex, but just the 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 powerful. You turn to stone. Can't look away. You're like Cthulhu waking. Dun, 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 dun. It's it. I just think it kicks. 
and it it's it, it's it's a it's a song to me that's that's definite like this song is not going to get like the big radio play or love cuz there's just so many other songs around it that are like a little bit better but i mean hell yes uh that's a hell yes for me Nate we'll start with you since uh since you had the note that i t- that i unknowingly stole from you yeah you didn't i mean you said it in your own elegant way with memory remains and devil's dance having their baby of of a song but i just just generally wrote load reload vibes because it does i think there's an amazingly chunky riff in the verse the chunky it's seriously so chunky in the chorus too it just hits you and uh the cthulhu callback is great this song is a headbanger you can easily catch yourself just jamming out to it I want you guys to whether it's your phone whether it's your zoom listening device whether you bring out an apple ipod gen one Whatever the fuck it is that you're listening to your songs on. Generation one. Yeah. Put your headphones on. And at four minutes and 10 seconds of this song, listen closely because it's the coolest, most subtle thing in the Metallica catalog that does not get any props. You literally hear a breath in right before the solo kicks. It's almost like Kirk going, okay, here I go. I've got to fucking shred and do this in one take, one go. And that breath, just that hearing them actually put the breath in. That's funny. Was so I, epic. Now I, I thought I heard that at some point the other day. Yeah, it's definitely in there. You can definitely check it out. Uh, the solo is monstrous, and I think that's funny because it's Cthulhu. Uh, again, it's just them unleashing. It's an epic build into the chorus. Wake! You know, I just I just love it. I love this song so much. Let's real quick go look at that there number for you guys. Dreaming no more. Anyone want to take a guess? Because this number actually shocks me. Four. Good guess, Nick. Thirty-five. Good guess, Brando. Fifty-three. Uh, if we're playing Price is Right rules, Nick wins. 21 live performances. Brandon was just over that there. But, uh, yeah, a short number of performances. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised this doesn't get more play considering how groovy, chunky, and has kind of a little bit of everything in the Metallica catalog within it. I just want to say before we move on, I, I do believe it was for Hardwired or, or something like that, but when they were recording it, when James was adding in a guitar layer, and it's like, da-da-da, and he went, ha-ha! And then when they played it back, his pickups <laughs> caught his laugh. Oh, and then they're like, what? And like, dude, that came from the pickups because he was just he was plugged right into uh, like like to the computer to like to the system because they like they were adding in like like just like a guitar layer. And then he they, like they thought that was a cool thing and they almost left it in the record. Uh, <laughs> it was just <laughs> James was like yelling into his guitar. Ah! <laughs> I've seen people do it. Um <laughs> But it was just, yeah, just them hanging out. All right, we'll go to Nick next. All right, quickly. You gave me the idea. Um, I think I think Nate said it was something about it being, I don't know. Something Nate made me think, like, you really think that? You know what we should do for our finale? We should all write our perfect set list. Ooh, I love it. What's the song amount parameter? We have to have a limit. Um, make a you know. Initially, I thought album. I'm like albums an hour. Like with a with a performance, we can do two hours easily. Okay, two hours of your of your absolute fucking favorites, even deep cuts. Oh, and you know what we can do like with that. those too. Nate, you said something that I was like, if you had to pick all of your favorite songs, would Dream No More make it in two hours? <laughs> like, 
So, something along those lines. Um, <laughs> well, because the lack of it being played live probably sparked you to think it like that. But uh, the cool thing about us doing the playlist is if we actually individually go make special playlists on Spotify for that live performance vibe, we can actually put those out on our socials and people can actually listen to what we think is the perfect um, you know, playlist for them to perform live. Yeah. So, yes, I love that idea. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> drink up. Don't have a lot to say. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the riffage. Um, I didn't mention the uh, chorus vocals, but I specifically noted that I did not like the verse vocals. Um, overall, lackluster solo. Uh, the shining uh, diamond in the rough was the you turn to stone passage. I thought that uh, James's delivery on that vocally on top of the whole part, the one shining part of the song to me was the you turn to stone passage. So I really liked that. But overall it was fucking, this was an immaculately mowed yard with a little turd in the middle of it, you know, surrounded by <laughs> halo, on, halo on fire, moth into flame. I'm like, okay. You know, again, I say it's not a bad song, but, you know, hmm. it's, uh, it's in the middle of a bunch of fucking monstrous songs. So, um, I guess I can start off the rankings if I'm last. Uh, well, I... no, I, no, Dick hasn't gone yet. I'm sure he has a lot to say. I don't. No. Uh, <laughs> definitely getting the load reload vibes. I like to refer to a lot of this album as load magnetic. Because um, I get load and death magnetic vibes off of almost every single one of these songs. Except for hardwired. Hardwired. Like... Hard... Huh? No. Oh, but, but, but. What? So, um, the, 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 the verses, like you, you mentioned, Nick mentioned that you didn't like the, the vocals on it. It's like, they're very sleazy vocals that could easily be on load or reload. Uh, he's got that like higher register, um, harmony going on at the same time. And it's just like, it's yeah. super sleazy. It's, it's, it's a mood song. Like it's, yeah, definitely. It's not a song. And I'm like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna jam this. No, I'm not gonna jam this. It's cool there. It's there and it's cool. I don't know if I'd say it's cool, but it's cool. I think it's cool. You're cool. Thanks. To some people, but not me. So what's your rank, Dick? Oh, we're gonna go with an eight. I don't hate it. Brandon, if you get some spare time, can you send me everyone's ranks or at least dicks? I would love to compare. Well, like, to me, seven is like an average. It was okay. Dream Eight. No More is about as good as Master of Puppets. About. About as good. I gave Master of Puppets a 10. Thank you. I love this show, you guys. This is <laughs> I great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, I got to know. What did you give it? <laughs> five. I gave it a five. That was almost a fringe of a no. Dream <laughs> elsewhere. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Dream elsewhere. Get. Gone now. Get. <laughs> Every album. I would say, um, I'd say most. Most albums I've been pulling up the lyrics. And uh, I specifically did for this one. And even though, like, I was I, I was stoked on the uh, um, Lovecraft 
vibes. I just couldn't get it. Like I just could not get into this one. So. All right, Nate. Ooh, let me give this song, uh, you know, an eight and a half. It was good. <laughs> I gave it an eight. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's all right, man. I, I like it. It's um, uh, yeah. It, it to to me, it's not the worst song on this album. So um, agreed. So carrying forward, though, Halo on fire. Now, really quick, as I said, on the vinyl. After Moth into Flame, and in, and before Halo on Fire is not Dream No More. It's Confusion. No. Oh, it is Am I Savage? That's right. And then Dream No More is after Confusion, but before Mankind, or Man Unkind. So, um, just a little fun trivia there. Halo on Fire, man. Um. Was this a neat little treat or what on this album? I mean, this is just my opinion. This was a single released in December of 18. 18! What? Yes. Two years later. Two years later. Yeah. Two years later. Well, because they were still doing the, um, the you know, the uh, Hardwired the Self-Destruct World Tour that they were on for like three years straight. Yeah. And so, like, because you had, um, now that we're dead in April... Spit out the bone in November of seventeen, so that's a one year exactly later, and then two years later, Halo on Fire. I just thought of another stat about the album that changed overall versus the history of Metallica. This is the first time track four is not the ballad. No, you hey, there you go. Like they kind of. I'm gonna point that. Uh, I guess Hardwired isn't the name of the album, mm-hmm. but. Also, not track two. The closest thing to, yeah, yeah, the closest thing. Yeah, they didn't do that either. Yeah, no, guys. Halo on Fire is fire. Like, this song yeah. is certified fucking banger. Um, there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of people online who don't like this song. And I really, fuck em. yeah, fuck them. Because this song is, I like, I would say the, the closest thing to that classic Metallica ballad. Where you have like you know the soft parts, it goes to a heavy chorus, and it kind of has that jamming part at the end where they just kind of you know turn on the turn turn the amps up a little bit. But the tone is different. I don't know if it's the if if they're playing it a different like in a more like it, it's more uplifting. This is like the anti fade to black, if that makes any sense does um because if you look at the uh lyrics near the end of the song and then you have fade to black the last lyrics in fade to black now i will just say goodbye death greets me warm now i'll just say goodbye halo and fire hello darkness Say goodbye. Yeah. Um. There's just something about this song. It's kind of like it's groovy. I like the little like the way he delivers. Uh. Um. Uh. I fear to turn on the light 
for the darkness won't go away. Fast is desire. You know, but then like, as I said, when they kick it in and after the second chorus, it's like, it's a little bit different of a feel. Uh, prayer, and I love this line. Prayers cannot get through return to sender. Yeah, I definitely remember that line stuck out to me too. But then like after they do this little like and they have like a little guitar solo and then it goes soft again. And then it kicks into like, it's almost it's, it's into the hell no darkness say goodbye part. It's like positive. Is it in a is it in a major key? I I don't know. It just it doesn't sound typical heavy Metallica. It's like different, and I I noticed that from the first time I ever heard it, and it made it stand out to me like big time, and I and I feel like it's it's so rare, or has been rare for Metallica to have this many good songs on an album. Like you'll have songs. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you'll have like some good songs here and there or like ones that aren't like what I would consider to be like, man, if I'm going to think about the catalog of Metallica, just like we said, playlist or certifiable, like top 20 or something like that. Or cause even that's kind of hard to say. It's like, would you put motor breath on top 20? Maybe not. It's a fun, cool track. But uh, the Master of Puppets, the Ones, the Unforgivens, uh, you know, stuff like that. And Bad. I, no. you don't always, you don't always get to hear something like Halo on Fire in what? the context of the rest of the discography. And I think that that's where people can get, um, they they can open their horizons a little bit. Yeah. You know, like it's not so much like like. You know, oh, eighties Metallica is the best. Therefore, I don't need to look outside of it. And it's like you can you can go throughout all of it, you know, and find those pieces that that, that you can throw in, you know, to the shit that you really fucking like. If all mm-hmm. you like is the first five Metallica albums, you could throw Halo on Fire into the middle of that. Yes, you could throw Moth into the Flame into the middle of that, and people wouldn't know that it's fucking two decades later that they released those songs. I feel like, I feel like, you know, with each album they're adding to the legacy, but just like you said, when you're adding to that, that epic era, that their, their, I don't know, their perfection area, the, the era that, 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 that everybody loves when you're adding to the, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're going on a song by song basis, like not every song on this album is going to technically get there. But, sure. But but this one definitely does for me. Absolutely. Nick, if you have anything else to say, I'll pass it on to you. I got a lot to say. Um, so this uh, this album was a little different because it was specifically split up mm-hmm. um, into two different parts. Um, I, I listened on Spotify, mm-hmm. and it was not... Uh, so what do we got? This two. Confusion yeah. was one. It was not seven. It was not song seven. Um, so, uh, my, uh, dumbass monkey brain says, well, Halo on fire is the last song then. And I'm not expecting much for my particular taste of music. Um, Metallica is not terribly strong 
on final tracks. Um, Halo on Fire was fucking awesome. Um, the intro was fucking sick. Tons of dual guitar that I loved. Um, I wrote cool verse, and then I wrote cool chorus. I'm like, I guess it's all just fucking cool. Like it's it's all just really good. Um, there's a specific guitar interlude between the chorus and the second verse. Um, that was particularly sick to me. About five minutes in, you're getting ready to dive into another fucking solo, and it was totally sick. Uh, there's mul- there's multiple guitar solos. Um, so I was getting ripped, you know, they're fucking building me up for a monstrous guitar solo. I'm stoked. They give me a little bit. I'm like, this is tight. Then they back off before unleashing another one, which was completely fucking awesome. Um, so, uh, expectation wise, Halo on Fire blew me away. Um, if you're looking at it in, in the broader context of the, of like one album, we're halfway through it. Um, I'm fucking happy. You know, I'm, you know, six songs in, um, there's two songs that I'm like, I'm like, they're okay, but they're not great. Four out of six is pretty fucking awesome. Um, and Halo on Fire is definitely, um, one of my favorites off of the whole album, especially the first part. Hell yeah. Hell yes, I agree. Uh, Dick. This song is epic as fuck. I love the contrast between the verses and the chorus, how it's so soft. Um, and then it just fucking uh, James's voice sounds extremely stretched in this, vo- in this song. It sounds like it's just on the cusp of going out, but he's got enough in there to keep it smooth uh, or keep it from going out. I think uh, that really shines when he says fast because it's he's the it yeah it's well no just the entire chorus uh, oh gotcha gotcha really stretching the limits of his voice I think not in terms of um, like he's doing new things that he's never done but he's it sounds like he's been working at this all fucking day if not all week and it, it's really showing but the performance I I think it would not be as good if it was pristine you know i think that shines through in the the emotional delivery of the song and that's that's what i love about the song on top like that's the epicness i describe it's like the delivery of the vocals are so big once they hit that chorus they just just get fucking huge um it's and interesting it's, it's interesting really 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 quick because he does the same kind of stuff on saint anger as well uh, hmm. but like, I don't know if about you guys, but I don't really click with it as much. Like, it's like, it's like he's straining it to get an emotion across, you know, like, especially within all, all within my hands or something like that. Nick, you got yeah. something? Yeah. It's just like, there's, there's definite times where you can see or feel like it, it's James, mm-hmm. you know, uh, putting it on the line and, um, this one didn't particularly do it for me lyrically. Like, like there's sometimes where you're just, you're fucking hitting all of it. You're hitting, you know, you're, you've got the way you're delivering it is good. The things that you're saying are good. And, um, and I'm connecting with it all. So, um, with this one, the thing for me is I think the lyrics themselves is like, is like you're doing a really good job on every other front, but I'm just not, I'm not, you know, 
I hate fucking saying it, but like a one, you know, like, like when he's saying shit and he's delivering it, you're like, this, this fucking hits, like this hits real good. This was not one of those where it was able to hit multiple bases, but like, I couldn't get into the lyrics, you know, you could deliver the lyrics. Great. Mm-hmm. But if I, don't not- really, I don't really connect with the lyrics, but I think they're, I do think they are cool lyrics. Like I love the imagery of uh, just the, the turning out the lights and all that. And there's um, the darkness or turn on the light the dark, for the darkness won't go away. Like I love the imagery of that. Mm-hmm. I love the imagery of a halo on fire. Uh, and then just like the second half of the song is nothing but an awesome jam. This song is tied with my favorite on this album. Wow. Excellent. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, Nate. Uh, I say in the notes, jammy start into a more ballady, slow, and creepy vibe. The chorus of this song is really genuinely emotional. Like, it's very powerful. Uh, There's a miniature solo. You could call it a lead if you want. Before the second verse that I absolutely love. It's beautiful and haunting. And that's what it just kills. Nick? I think I referred to that as an interlude. Yes. Yes. Probably the better way to do it. Whatever you were just saying, that's what I was referring to, where it's like, that's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, totally just pulls it away. Uh, The riff transition is simple, but it works. The galloping riff is badass in the song. The dual lead harmonizing, Nick, you had said this, into the solo is awesome. Uh, They build it up just to take it away from you, which is cool. They start to like pull you into this thing and this sense of like we're going up onto the top of the mountain only to throw you under the ocean which i really loved there's this part that happens where it's like the 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 guitars are kind of playing off each other and they're acoustic and there's like and it's like creepy thing and you hear on the hi-hat the four count that lead my favorite part on the song hands down it the delivery of that alone, just the simple four count into that is absolute perfection, in my opinion. Uh, the song will always get me emotional if I'm listening to it in my own headspace and just thinking about the world life and, and kind of my own personal journey. It definitely hits me right square in those feels. Now, let's real quick talk about that number. You guys, I'm actually surprised at this one because it's a lot more than I thought. This has 90 live performances. <laughs> I believe this is one that I wanted to hear when we went. I don't think they did it. I do not believe they did. No. Uh, no, they played a different one that I didn't really want them to play. And they <laughs> and then they played that one. Uh, Nate, do you got a rank? Uh, yeah, 9.5. 9.5. And, whoa, hold on. For some reason, that didn't type. All right. Dick. 10. 10. And Nick. 7.5. 7.5. I'm actually with Dick on this one. It's a 10. Oh, you saved our listeners from drinking because rule number five says finish your drink when only Dick gives a song a 10. <laughs> so that was close. No, no. This song is epic as shit. It gets me. Uh, just like everybody else said. Uh, and it hits... It hits uh, sometimes like when... When you need it to, I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, Brandon, would you just say you were gushing about this song? Maybe. So, rule number seven is if Brandon gushes and gives the song a ten, you got to drink, baby. So, so let's count it. 
So they don't have to finish. They just have to take a drink. It actually says finish your drink. Oh, shit. It's the rule. So <laughs> yes. either, way, they were, either way, they were screwed. Um, so the next track is the first track on disc two. And it is Confusion. And um, Perfect title. <laughs> so the song, uh, the song is about um, PTSD and you know, soldiers dealing with a lot of uh, mental stress and stuff like that. So I, I, I totally dig that, especially when you consider like they've already done a war song where dude literally stepped on a landmine and was in his own head in a coma. And so you have that extremity, but then you have the other part, the war that nobody sees. And I Are, go ahead. Do we know of any strong military ties with these guys? Because they keep like they, they do this several times. Mm-hmm. Do they have I think fathers or brothers no. in the service? I, I think they're just proponents of anti-war and they're really good at utilizing imagery. And then this is kind of a way to say, like, in the world we live in now in 2020, I think. Well, and of course, this is before 2020. But even it, when they were writing this album, the world was getting to a point where we were starting to understand mental traumas and disorders more. And people go to war and it fucks them up. And you can't come back from that. And once you've seen somebody be killed in front of you or die in front of you, like you physically, scientifically speaking, can never undo what your brain does when that happens. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, that's all I have right now. That's what makes that's what makes me ask it, because um, spoiler, this song, I don't have a lot of good things to say about it. But the but the one thing is, is that the lyrics are incredibly strong. I really like the lyrics um, and it's, it's, you know, it's on the same vibe or level as, as one. They're really good talking about the cost of war mentally. So, um, you know, I've never fucking been to war, but also like, I, I feel like I'm empathetic enough to understand that shit. I'm wondering if this is a similar empathetic feeling or if they've got the firsthand experience. Because one, um, this this song is very, very good about talking about those things. One fucking takes you there. You know, the, the way that he talks, you're like, he's speaking right to you. Where the fuck do you get this stuff? So either he's a fucking uh, top tier order, which he is. Um, or he's got, you know, he's got a little bit of help, a fucking cousin or a brother or an uncle or someone who's experienced this shit. Because the fact that because he speaks to it so good. That, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying is James fucking he, he speaks to this fucking war is not just about those who come home and those who don't come home. It, it, it speaks to what the experience does to those who still survive. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I'm with you. And see, James has a lot of, like, he, he does write a lot about, like, things that he experiences talking with people, whether they're friends or, or anything like that. Like, you know, uh, all, like, he is such a uh, social creature in that, in that manner that a lot of that stuff sticks with him when he's thinking about, like, themes and writing and just kind of where he wants to put that. And uh, this is a song that I always forget that I like. I don't hate the song. I don't love it either. It's not my favorite song at all, I, and, and I don't dislike it. But for some reason, always, always in my own brain, 
I'm always of the mind of, oh yeah, that song. And you know, uh, spoiler alert: this song is on S and M too. See, so that's confusing to me. Well, because at this point, <laughs> at this point, we're at, we're at the end. You know, yeah, we've heard it all. We've heard everything. Um, and personally, I've come so far. You know, like in in terms of understanding the band. So you fucking chose confusion over fade to black? What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> what are you talking about? Th- this is the same band that did not play Trapped Under Ice when they played at a- at Antarctica. Big fail. How do you do? How do you do that? That's what I think about that. <laughs> I'm walking away. <laughs> no, uh, it just this is a song that I always forget that I like because by, by the time I, I it starts. And then the verses are like, eh, that's okay. But by the time I'm out of the first verse and it goes into the first chorus, now I'm head bobbing. Confusion. And I love the chorus. Like, all sanity is now beyond me. All sanity is but a memory. My life, the war that never ends. I... It's awesome. As Nick said, he captures it so well. And it's always, again, every every time, every re-listen, and everyone's just going to go pee now. This is the pee song. <laughs> this Apparently, is the- <laughs> this is the, uh, back in the early 2000s, this is the women's match during the wrestling this card. Is the, okay, this is the let me up match. This is the, all right, got to go get some popcorn, some more beer. Uh, I mean, no, no joke. We're over two hours into this, and we're just on the this second. This is probably disc. our long. Yeah, this is probably our long. I mean, we we're gonna have to most likely speed through the second half of this a little bit for our audience's sake. Yeah, but well, you know what? It, it it all depends on everybody's uh schedules, I guess. Uh, because if we need to, we need to. Uh, but no, it's like every time I I always kind of forget. I always just like I'm I'm always kind of digging it by the end, and, and I can't really explain why. But that's just that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And since the other guys just got back, uh, I'll let them kind of get their bearings. And Nate, I'll let you go next. Uh, for my notes, I've got marching intro gives me vibes of disposable heroes, angular and groovy pre-chorus or pre-verse riffs. So there's an angle for you. Uh, fucking jamming chorus. Mm-hmm. The solo into and in verse two is different for Metallica, but it's so good. Uh, another fuely riff happens in the next solo bit, and the solo is not my favorite. Was the last thing I wrote. Uh, this song is good for me. Uh, I think the song is saved by a change in one spot in the song. So the whole song has this very like standard kind of thing, the verse chorus thing. But then all of a sudden, after the father, please come home thing, which is its own little sub part in the song. There's the label him a Deadwood soldier now, cast away and left to roam. Rapid as the road to sacrifice just takes longer to come home. Going into that solo, that's my favorite part of this song that has limited live plays, only coming in at 31 performances. That's all I've got to say about that. Let's move on. All right, we'll go to Dick next. Uh, this song wasn't very memorable, memorable to me, except for the chorus. Uh, so I don't got a lot to say about it. I love the delivery of the chorus. It's jamming, as you guys said. Uh, I, I love the um, all sanity now lies beyond me. Um, like I love the the blending of the the layers of vocals there. 
And that's all I got to say about it. And Nick. Um, rapid fire riffs are okay. Vocals are delivered. All right. Um, nothing really sticks out to me. Lyrics are incredibly strong. This is, this is probably the, 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 this might be the largest dichotomy for me of any of their song between the lyrics and what music they made with the lyrics. I love the lyrics. I think the lyrics are awesome, but I just fucking don't like the song. For the solo, this one's hard to write for. I said it's a big mess. Like, like he multiple times couldn't decide if he was going to solo or not. Like he built up, did something, nah, build up, do something, nah. He did that so many times. Um, is a fucking, is a big fucking mess for me. That's what it was. Um, but um, in terms of overall score, like I'll say, this is one of the one of the weird ones where um, the the exceptional lyrics are are gonna rise my score up for me. I didn't like the song very much, but I, I thought he he really killed the lyrics. So. Has everybody gone? Should I give a rank? Yep, give me a rank. Yeah. Uh, I give 5.25. And Dick? Six and a half. And eight. 7.5. I'm the high one here. I, I gave it an eight because, I, as I said, I, I always forget that I kind of like it. But by the by the end of it, I usually am, am digging it. But it's always the going into that it's hard for me. The next song, Man Unkind, the only song that has another writing credit on the album besides Lord of Summer with Rob Trio. This is my second low-key favorite song on the album. And uh, I love the bass intro. Uh, nice little cool tribute to Cliff here. And I believe this is the best Black Sabbath song Metallica's ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, I have been trying to... I, this it, it The music is Black Sabbath. The, the way he sings the song, if you had Ozzy sing it, it would sound like a Black Sabbath song. And I can't sing like Ozzy, but chaos awaiting for Adam's return. Madness smiling as we watch it burn. And it's like, the then he's like, blind, leave blind, quest to find faith in man unkind. Let me see your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right. You're totally right. And it's ah. it's the just the 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 riffs. It bump bump bump. It, it just to me that's what I like about it. I I don't know if that's what they were trying to do, but they wrote a Black Sabbath song. And that's honestly why I like it. This this is a song I was talking about earlier that really like well, the first time I heard it, I'm like, this sounds like Black Sabbath. And maybe I, I maybe I've been listening to some to some Black. It's just whatever it, it hit me, and that's what got me to go back to Atlas Rise and think about that in a different way. That it wasn't necessarily Metallica writing the best Metallica song. They were channeling their influences. And, and spewing it out into their own uh, into their own speakers or or or, or that. So uh, we'll go with Dick first. What do you got about Mankind? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that it sounds like a Black Sabbath song because this sounds like the most unmetallica Metallica song I've ever heard. <laughs> um, that's that's all I've got. Okay, 
I wasn't a uh, this half of the album. I'm not a giant fan of. Fair enough. Uh, we'll go to Nick next. This is a handful of no. <laughs> um, a two four. Nothing, nothing sticks out to me, and I wouldn't be doing my part if I didn't mention the solo. Um, totally uninteresting. Um. Yeah, this is one of those. Okay, so um, spoiler. This is gonna be funny. This I think was the first Metallica album that came out when I was a fan. Um, I got into Metallica very very late. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the first album that I bought right when it came out. Um, so all the songs were. It was super fun going back and listening because, um, I mean, when I was getting into this shit, I was into like a lot of death metal kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest Metallica stuff was old school, super thrashy stuff. So this came out and I was just not having it, anything um, uh, in my head. Like I remembered Hardwired. I hated Hardwired. I remembered Atlas Rise. And I was like, I thought it all sucked. Like, like when I listened to this in 16, when I listened to it back then, obviously, you know, I've, I've come around, um, whatever reason, man, unkind stuck in my head and I still hate it. I still fucking hate man. Unkind. I was like, I like, I like the idea of it lyrically, but I'm no, I'm looking, I'm looking and I'm not. I'm not brought in lyrically. Um, and I like the lyrics. I, and I like the idea of the lyrics. <laughs> yes. So spoiler alert, this is the worst rank on the album by far for me. So I don't got anything to say except fucking shit. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> uh, soft ambient intro is cool. The bass leading, the jam is awesome. It's super heavy. It's got some cool groove. Sonically, it reminds me of... It's electric and Sabracadabra. So those are kind of right on point with what you guys said. Lead Breakaway rocks. The transition is one of the album's best, which I really think so. The seized by the day bit when it shifts there towards the end of the song. Uh, The solo section is a melter. The jam outro section is great. uh, A way to wrap this song up. Uh, And it has the most interesting number as it's only been performed twice. Good. Good. (laughs) All right, unhuman kindness. Nate, give me a give me a rank. Nine. I love this song. Dick. I'm gonna give it a five. Nick. Four point five. Almost. Said, oh. Almost a no. You said it was double no. He said no. <laughs> if you want, I can go back through and listen and try to figure out why it didn't get a four. But because it's better than the cure, it's sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> it's not as bad as another. Yeah, d- so, yeah, because you rated cure four, so it, it's not as bad as cure. So there we go. It makes sense. I gave it a nine too, because I said low key. What? I I love the fact that it's a it's a, it's very Sabbathy. I yeah, love the Sabbath. It's not Metallica. It isn't Metallica, it cool. and I like that they're doing something different. Uh, the next song is Here Comes Revenge. And, <laughs> oh, you got something? I'll... I got nothing. Keep going. Talk. Just, 
a title that I hate. So I hate that. Here uh, comes revenge. It sounds so fucking Avenged Sevenfold. Like, <laughs> so this song, here comes Avenged. So this song is a wolf and man meets Harvester of Sorrow. <laughs> Literally, the first line in my yeah. notes: Harvester vibes. That's the first line in my notes, Brando. Um, this James wrote the song. It was a somebody told him a story about how Metallica helped him through hard times, and said that somebody had uh, killed his daughter in a drunk driving accident. And James and ha- and how that guy had a lot of rage and and pent up emotions about that and Metallica helped him through that. James is very touched by that story, and um, decided to write a song about it because he can just imagine the, what that like that guy's like. Here comes revenge! Like I- I'm coming for your ass, you know. The lyrics the lyrics are incredibly powerful. Um, if you listen, if you read through them, mm-hmm. um, as much as um. Um, I I thought it was a decent song, but you look through the lyrics and and I really like the lyrics, like, like what you're saying. Like I didn't know that context. Um, well, it, but it, you say makes me go like that makes it a better song because the, the lyrics are incredibly powerful. Little grave, I'm grieving. I will mend you. Sweet revenge, I'm dreaming. That, I will end you. It's so sad. Oh, see, here's the thing. I they made me like this song. Metallica made me like it more than what I did. Uh, uh, to it, when I first heard it, I instantly heard of Wolf and Man meets Harvester of Sorrow. I like both of those songs, but I just kind of felt like okay, they're just retreading water here, thematic or musically. Uh, but instead, they played this song live at our show that Nate and I went to instead of Halo on Fire. Right, and, and I was not very happy about that. In fact, like I was like, <laughs> I started the show with tears in my eyes, and then I'm like sitting there, like like a like a puffy little five, like like my five year old, who literally yells at me when I'm telling him to stop doing something, and says, "I get a punishment," and then I then he locks himself in his own room. Don't ask me. I think- <laughs> but that, but I like their live performance of it, and after hearing it live. And then hearing that story, I gave it a second chance. And it's a little higher than what it was before, but not much. Uh, Dick, you said you have nothing. Nick, do you have anything to add? I didn't say I have nothing. I just was letting you talk. Oh, okay. Well, Dick, fuck talk then. This is, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm reading the lyrics. I'm liking the lyrics a lot. Um, I like the theme of the first verse. Mm-hmm. Um, how he's basically saying he is hate. He is this thing that's been built that many people have really devoted themselves to uh and then it gets to the chorus and it just rips just fucking rips um and this did i i jokingly said to myself when thinking about this song on in this album this is this this is this album's uh attitude (laughs) (laughs) i kind of yeah it's just it's it's there uh in terms of the overall thing it's just there uh i do like this song it's not a favorite, but I do like it. All right. Uh, Nick, do you have anything? Um, I really like the intro. It makes you feel like you're about to do some ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've already said, I really like the lyrics. Um, it chugs right along. The solo was okay. Nothing to write home about. Um, 
I feel like I had known in the back of my mind that this was the album Kirk didn't have anything for. Um, so it, I think, uh, I guess it's almost a, a side note. Like Kirk fucking came alive with the guitar solos this time. Um, cause that's all he had. Um, and even in, even in something like this that I don't like a whole lot, you know, this isn't one of my favorite Metallica songs. Kirk still fucking deliver on the solo. So, um, fuck, I guess that makes two or three songs on this album that, that James wrote just impeccable lyrics to, but they weren't, they were not able to, in my opinion, flesh out music wise, which is interesting. Awesome. And Nate. Harvester vibes in the intro. It slams into a banger riff. Uh, the chorus is catchy. Uh, so many working parts, and the solos do show that Kirk has not missed a step and brought it. The song has been performed a total of 22 times live, and we actually saw the third ever live performance of the song. <clears throat> See? Drink every time Nate mentions a song played during a show that him and Brando saw together. <laughs> there we go. The whole episode, essentially. It was essentially, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they played a lot of them from this one. All right, Nate, uh, give me a rank. 8.75. I love this song. It's great. Again, and... I, I'm a big fan of this album. And Nick. Six. Six. And Dick. Seven and a half. Gave it a seven. Uh, originally, uh, it was a bit lower, but after seeing them play it live, uh, they, they kind of made me want to like it a little bit more. And you know, as as Nick said, the writing is powerful. The writing, and like as far as the, as far as the lyrics and, and verses, the st- and especially hearing that story behind it, like it, it it puts an emotion there. And and on its base level, even if you know it, it wasn't my favorite song musically, uh, by by any stretch. But it you know, you know, but but all right, man, it's all right. It's how you can you know make up for it elsewhere. Yeah, uh, these songs like that, like. I don't think you killed it, but you nailed this one part. It, it's a matter of fucking. Like, there's several songs I'll tell you that the solos kick ass, so I want to give them a higher rating. But it's like, no, you know, you don't deserve a higher rating just because you killed it for twenty seconds. You know. Yep. And Perfect. yeah, the next song, "Am I Savage?" I'm just gonna. I don't have much to say. Uh, I do a little bit, not much though. I don't have much. This is probably my least favorite song on the album. Um, I I can't get into this song. I can't. I've tried uh, multiple. I I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's just it. I got I got nothing, man. No I got. Trouble. You don't want to say you don't like it, but you're like, uh, but I don't. <laughs> I don't, man. This is like to me. This is the weakest entry you know there's a couple songs there that we've already mentioned uh that are like "Eh, okay no but i guess i'll like it a little bit more now i still don't like this song am i savage uh nate you said you have stuff to say i'll let you go i just wrote soft guitar intro into the head banging us riff because that or no no that's am i said that's uh man and kind i'm sorry I don't know why that just jumped in my head. I think we were just talking about it, and it's in there. But uh, overall, the song is simple, but the <laughs> the chorus is. He's like, I'm reading the notes for the wrong song. Yep. 
like I said, guitar intro is cool. There is a pretty head banging riff in there. The verse riff is cool. It's simple. The chorus is killer. Overall, a fun jam. I literally wrote, Am I Savage? Oh, yeah, dig it. Uh, the song has never been performed live. Good. It doesn't need. Did you guys get any say anger vibes from this song? A little. Like, I not. Got- not direct, not 100%. Like, we're going to say anger here, but like, this this song just, I don't know, it just stands out to me. Um, I, got, I got two vibes for this song. Okay, Dick, then tell me your vibes. Uh, Megadeth vibes? Huh? Did anybody get Megadeth vibes? Or just me? Uh, I'm, I'm not as familiar with Megadeth. I'd have to re listen to it now that you said that. Um, now I got major load vibes and load and reload vibes in the verses for sure. Um, and then the, am I savage scratching at the door? Am I savage? I don't recognize you anymore. Uh, I got like lover man. (laughs) 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 I ran at the door. But then the, the, the saving grace to me of this song is the fucking breakdown like shit this i'm pretty sure this is the first time metallic has actually used uh harmonics like for as simple as that breakdown is it's it's like fuck this hits and that's the only saving grace to me of this song okay and nick um i like the intro um, I got a lot of Megadeth vibes, like I said, uh, at least at the beginning. Um, I wrote, I want to like it, but I don't. Um, you know, like, like, like the way the way they wrote it and stuff. I, I, I want, I want to be into it, but I'm not. Um, I really like the mid-song breakdown, um, and I thought it had a pretty decent solo. Right on. All right, give me a rank, Nick. Five and a half. Dick. Not great. Breakdown alone. We're going seven and a half. What the fuck? Just the breakdown. Just the breakdown. <laughs> That's all I need. I'll 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 skip forward to the breakdown and just listen to that. Nate. Six point seven five. Six point seven five? Yes, sir. All right. I'm a six. Yeah. Straight six. The next song, Murder One, dedicated to one Lemmy from Motorhead. Murder One was the name of Lemmy's uh, rig. And, and I. this is like what Nick said. I want to like it, but I don't. This is the one for me. I want to like this song. And I liked it more on this listen than I have any other time. But it's still not very high. I like yep. the riff that down 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 that's I instantly got motorhead vibe on that like even before even knowing it was about it I was like okay I get it ace is wild ace is high all the aces aces till you die come on ace of spades uh <laughs> yeah end of end of the album bullshit that's what I that's what I'm saying um I thought I wrote stupid lyrics and I'm looking through and it's just nothing fucking like this shit don't mean nothing to me. Nothing sticks out. The solo, uh, the guitar solo was soulless, 
soulless. Didn't even feel it. It was the end of the album. He needs to fucking pull something out of his ass. He pulled something out of his ass. Uh, one of my one of my lowest rated songs on the album. Dick. What he said. <laughs> it, it's it's my least favorite song on the album. Nate. Uh, I wrote that it uh, here in my notes. I just wrote that the soft peaceful start smashes into a pretty heavy riff, uh, laid back and jamming. Uh, the the lyrics are you know simple and meant for Lemmy, and I get that it's a tribute. It's cool. It's you know it is what it is. It is an awesome tribute to the legend Lemmy. The solo is lackluster. It's kind of uh, melted cheese sh- uh, instead of shredded cheese. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 okay, Nate. <laughs> and uh, everybody just drink on that one just drink he said something hold on, hold on dick stop talking because every time you talk i can't hear nick speak at all nick what did you just say it literally cut his sound out shredded cheese would take effort whereas melted cheese <laughs> <laughs> yes oh perfect this is, uh, melted, th- this is melted cheese 100 percent Steaming pile of melted cheese. <laughs> no one, F- never been performed live. Good. There's no reason. There's no reason to play this the- live. No excuse. Oh, tell the truth. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Are we done with this song? Uh, yeah. yeah, Nick, give me a rank. <laughs> 4.75. Dick. I like it a little better than that, so I'm going to go with a five. And- I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I gave it a straight shoot in seven, dog. Seven. So did I. Seven. As I said, this past time through, it grooved a little bit more, but uh, it 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 was a six. I mean, my gut instinct going in, it was that it was going to be a six. We made it, guys. Here we are, two and a half hours into this podcast. We made it to the last song on the album. Spit longest out. episode of our show. Yeah, longest so far. Spit out the bone. And oh, I love this song. I fucking love this song. If they're, you know, the we've all kind of said the last half of the album is kind of mm-hmm. and then they put this. It well, yeah, this is like they, you make, know, you, they make you wait until the end of the album for this thing. Let's, let's let's do a quick look back. All right, so I'll say, uh, best. Yeah. I'll say spit out the bone is, is best of the second half. Oh, absolutely. Without question. Easily. Without yeah. question. No, this is one of the iconic tracks from this album for me. This is one with Moth into Flame, with Halo on Fire, that instantly get put into that category of top Metallica songs. This album managed to get three from me that are like, bam, right there. Even though I gave Now That We're Dead a 10, I gave it a 10 and it constitutes that like, I really like the song. Is it all time Metallica? Time will tell. Because, I mean, that's a lot of Metallica. But this song, up there, they brought it, they tried. They, they, this wasn't just shredded cheese. Okay? The, this was <laughs> this was Olive Garden just... Yeah, more. Keep keep going. Yep, more. Yep, more. I want tell more. me when you're done. I'm so not what done. you're saying is focus shredding. This was focus Ooh. shredding. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Alton Brown on Food Network or anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. When he puts pepper, 
He doesn't have a pepper grinder. He doesn't like to do this. What does he do? He puts a drill on a coffee grinder and and grates his pepper through that. That's this song. Metallica took the drill out and said, to me, this is the heaviest fucking song they've done since the 80s. This is the Easily. fastest, heaviest, most progressive. James kills it on yeah. the vocals here. The lyrics for this song are a mouthful. Top notch. But, Top notch. But they are, the story that he's telling about machines invasion taking over. God, kill. As a history band, that's all that we've been writing about. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, I mean, it just man. Uh, I love the distorted bass in the middle. The boom, ba da boom, wow, da wow, boom, ba da boom, wow, da wow, This song gets beautiful and ugly at different parts, and it's perfect for it. In the best of ways. Yes, it's it's. I love the. The stop breathing and dedicate to me, stop dreaming and terminate for me. All meaning you dedicate to me, all feelings you terminate for me. Don't and and, and what's awesome, there can actually be a neat little um, a James, uh, you know, double meaning shit. This could be us becoming slaves to our own devices, for sure. You know. Uh, to cell phones, to social media, to, you know, like we are becoming so connected that it's like, yes, this is a dystopian future type song, but it's, it, you, you, you strip away the sci-fi and it can have real world, real world meetings with that. They just not as far as you think. Oh, I know. Right. We're, we, we are not too far away from RoboCop Detroit, (laughs) you know, with that big company owning the police (laughs) and, and, and trying to rebuild Delta City. But with that being said, I'll shoot it over to Dick. Dude, I love this fucking song. This is my favorite song on the album. If if Halo on Fire isn't, this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one it's tied with. But I might as well just go ahead and say this is my favorite. Because this is a, this is the banger of the album. This I love the lyrics. I love the the theme of the lyrics. Despite how cheesy it is to like to talk about like robots rising up, like we haven't done that a million fucking times. But it's like so good <laughs> like i don't even care how cheesy this is because it works huh Bang of the uh the album oh yeah and it's and the fact that it why couldn't we get this earlier and then not had disc two <laughs> that's what i'm saying i would have been happy with a seven a seven track uh hardwired to self-destruct where it's just banger city but this song i've, I've been i've been singing that shit for fucking albums. <laughs> yeah. Albums. The song is just a straight banger all the way through. It rips. And it's like the closest you get to hearing James Hetfield actually like dig into the false folds of his vocal cords. Like, spit out the bone! Like, he fucking gets it. I love how you can hear every little grit of his voice in the recording. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, we'll shoot it over to Nick. Um, I thought throughout uh, the vocals themselves were incredibly strong. Um, the lyrics also were, were really good. Um, the riffs were cool, um, and and the guitar solo really kicked a lot of ass. 
Um, not my favorite by far, um, but it was definitely a top half of, of the whole album. They definitely, uh, um, they weren't asleep at the wheel for this one. Like I might argue they were for a couple others. So, um, spit out the bone. It did not, uh, you know, fucking ignite a fire in me, but, um, it's, it's worth mentioning. Pretty good song. Nate. Breakneck intro. A big fuck you to any haters that are saying Metallica is old. Right out the gate, that was my first thought. Like, yeah, you guys think we're washed up and can't do this? Bitch, please, let me show you what I can still do and let me show you at what level I can still do it. And I really appreciate that. Like, like almost, not really ego, but I guess it's kind of ego-y. Super thrashy. Another tune that definitely, Brandon, you touched on it, has that social media, like presence of feelings and talking about the fact that it's taking over everybody's lives and changing our thoughts and affecting how we actually feel on a day-to-day basis how many times you've said people seen people say i gotta get off social media because i'm seeing other people's negative posts it's making me feel like shit all the time i gotta stop it this song a great way to look at that uh the guitar lead again has a fuel vibe it's not fuel but it has that vibe uh, building intro towards the end of the song into a pretty nifty solo to a chorus outro is unique for Metallica. They literally cut back to the start of the song, and then they build to a solo. They do one final chorus outro, and the song is over, and it kicks, and you're just like, whoa, we're there. We ended it. We, we did it. But I remember the first time I heard Spit Out the Bone, I was like, holy shit. These guys have at least two good albums left in them, I think, after this one, at least with the way their age, they're able to still perform. Spit Out the Bone has a total of 57 live performances, and that's all I got to say about that. Nick, did you have something to add? No. I, no. I saw your finger go up like, I got something. <laughs> I really appreciate you noticing that, though. Okay. I do. Oh, I'm... A lot of times you have something to interject with. Oh, well... You know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to look over here at the screen instead of just over here to make sure that I'm lined up. And so I'm trying to make sure everybody gets their piece in because, uh, I mean, if anybody missed anything about what, it, about what we had to say, uh, definitely try to, you know, you know, to call it up. You know, don't let it go by uh, for sure. But we're at the ranks. Last song on the album. Time to rank it. Nate. Uh, well, I'm going to take back my saying that Atlas Rise is the best song on the album because I realized that my inability to read caused me to say that spit out the bone is my favorite only by 0.5 because yes, I gave spit out the bone a 9.80. Again, Nick, Nick, Nick is looking at me like what the fuck. And remember it's only within this album that I'm giving these ranks, not as an overall. Cause obviously this song is nowhere near a 10 as composed as a paired to like, you know, one master puppets, things of that nature. And that's a fun thing coming to realize as we move through this. We've all got different views on how we're doing it. So I try not to, uh, I like for the people watching, I'm okay with the expressions, but I don't need to always express it verbally, you know? So um, for those watching, they probably have noticed by now when people make their votes and I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) So Nick, what is your rank, bud? I give it a seven. Um, which again, we all agree is pretty high for Nick. Um, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, like I said, just to wrap it up, um, I love this album. 
um, you know, going back, like I would say, <clears throat> like I really, really liked uh, Black, and then Load had a bunch of good stuff on it, and then Reload had a couple good things. So if you look at from that standard, um, from Reload, it was magnetic before I was like, oh, I'm fucking in. And then Hardwired was like, oh, I don't even need to compare. I'm just, I'm, I'm just in. I'm just about it, and I fucking love it. So, um, it's, it feels so good. Like, like we keep saying, and you were good at it. You're like, this is the final album for now. Like, yeah, it's the final album for now. But um, in my opinion, like, it's you know, it's it's it was high. And it went a little low and it's gone up, but it's only gone back up. Um, so, you know, if Metallica puts out another album that's lackluster, then okay. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they put out another album that I fucking love. So, um, yeah, despite what insane ratings you guys give these songs. I'm so I'm so satisfied with what I got. Awesome. Hell yeah, Dick, what you got? Ten. Ten. I'm with you. What? <laughs> I was waiting. I was totally waiting for it. That was a delayed cringe. Yeah, but 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 you, but you don't have to wait, or, or you don't have to drink for, for. How do I not give my favorite song on the album a ten? Well, uh, if and it's varied, and it's varied because you know, uh, you know, as Nick said, he. He's comparing Spit Out the Bone to Master Puppets. Is it as good as Master Puppets? Oh, hell and, no. And no. <laughs> uh, but do I, but see, I'm taking it of, of, of the mind of any song that I've given a 10 to, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So, like, I go back and look at my own 10s, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking of 10s as rarefied air. You know, like, these are the best songs that Metallica has. Maybe this song isn't as good as Master of Puppets 10. But as far as like what they're capable of, I feel like they brought it and they and they nailed it. James nailed his part. Solo was badass. They had some cool little homages to some cliff bass interlude stuff going on there. This was the the love letter to stuff that they liked to do from back in the day. And they burst off a lot of different other uh, genres of rock and heavy metal that they put in through the entire album. It's not all just this. Whereas if you listen to Justice, it's every song is kind of like Justice. You have a couple of songs I, that shine higher, yeah. But go ahead. I I think that this uh I think this absolutely shines above. Um, I think it shines above everything they've done for fucking twenty years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, you, despite all biases. Um, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about Death Magnetic, which was sick. We're talking about St. Anger. We're talking about, uh, Garage, which doesn't count. No, um, no. but then, but then your reloads and your loads. Um, I think despite load and reload coming out 30 years ago, um, this is some of the best Metallica that they've ever put out. Um, so I think it's fucking exciting. Absolutely. Re- mm-hmm. It's a great time to be a fan. Yeah, you know, and I'm happy too, cause, and it's a great time to be a fan. And we know that there's a new album coming out, and they're talking about it. They want to get it out sooner than later, especially with everything going on. 
you know, where they could have a little bit more time right now to work. Um, and they wanted, they don't want that eight year gap that, that, that they had in between, uh, death magnetic and hardwired. So when they do another, another album, we'll be right here to, to add to the Metallica ranks. Um, Maybe we won't do it right away. We'll like we'll let it sit for a little bit because that way we're not just going off and be like first reactions. Because obviously, just like this I one said, took a few years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because this one was a few years ago, and there's a few songs in here that have grown on me since then, and and my rank kind of reflects that. If I'd have ranked it when I first heard it, it probably would have been a little bit lower. But sure, but overall, because, no, go ahead. Yeah, because like when I was, uh, we're talking 2016. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a lot of like heavy, heavy fucking metal. Yeah. A lot of death metal kind of shit. And and even though I loved and appreciated Metallica, no. (laughs) Unfortunately, new Metallica, it it is not at the forefront of heavy fucking metal, like death metal, all that shit. That's not where they're at. But that doesn't mean that they are not. They define a whole fucking sector of metal, you know. Um, so, so, so Metallica does not need to be the best death metal band around. They don't need to be the best heavy metal band around. You know, they they fill, they occupy their own fucking space. Um, and when I when I years ago when I listened to Hardwired. Um, I wasn't able to look at them in the context of their entire fucking discography. And now in 2020, looking at Metallica from the beginning to their latest 2016, um, they've gone through it all. Um, They've been high. They've been low. They've done soft shit. They've done hard shit. And their last performance, they've been actual shit. Their last performance, hardwired stands up. Yeah. So bring it on, boys. Yeah, bring it on. Absolutely. You're still fucking kicking it. So for as long as you can. I mean, and they're getting up there in age too. Don't don't forget they're damn near sixty. They're going to be sixty here going into this decade, and they're still playing shit like "Spit Out the Bone" and "Halo on Fire" and "Moth into Flame," and they're still putting out songs of that caliber. Hell yeah! That that's great. Uh, well, to wrap it up here. Uh, my my overall album rank was an 8.45. Nate's was an 8.52. Dick was a 8. And Nick's was a 6.22 with a master rank of 7.8. And uh, Ooh, I can't wait to see where that actually ends up at the end because we haven't talked about where everything's lined up now. Mm-hmm. And we, we know where maybe the bottom is. We know who's the worst, but yeah. we don't know where everything else kind of filters in there. I can't wait to talk about if it. If you've been keeping up. score along, then you know. But on the next episode, we're going to be talking about an SNM 2. We're going to be doing a big wrap-up uh, where we're going to look at all the like the, the ranking orders of all that. We're going to look at the, some of the highest-rated songs, the lowest-rated songs. We're going to be going through and doing a lot of cool different stuff, maybe make up our own uh, live show set lists. And so... I am expecting that show to run long just for us to sit back and just have a lot of fun and just talk and just BS about some of our favorite Metallica stuff. And so maybe, maybe the best idea, you know, as we're going to the holidays here is to uh, kind of record that maybe, I don't know, like when we don't really have to worry about time constraints so much, um, just kind of, sure for sure. Uh, you know, like here in a couple of weeks, we got, you know, I'm going to have some time off, you know, Dick's going to have some time off and we'll try and get that together to where, 
hopefully we can all just sit back and gush for however long we need to gush and just have fun. Because we joked about how um, maybe particularly Dick and I, um, that it's not a sloth, but a challenge. It's Mm. a lot. We went, what was it? Eight, nine albums? Um, And we were trying, none of us were trying to just like fucking off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to make sure that we listened and we wrote notes and we we said shit that was worthwhile. Um, well, you guys did. No, no. Well, because these <laughs> they are the the hardcore number ones, and and Nick and I were, uh, you know, dragging along. Um, but but the overall experience for me before you know just just real quick is that uh, I've listened to about half their discography. Yeah. And um, I've been familiar with about the other half. So this was a good chance to get, you know, my feet dipped into the entire thing. Um, and it's been a fucking wonderful experience. And it's felt like it's a really fucking long experience. But I fucking love Metallica. And it was unfair of me to have a Metallica opinion without knowing everything. And this podcast has been, for me, as I hope it is with the people listening, and experience through with with which you can you can say I love Master and I love Justice, but I like to feel that opinions like maybe myself and Dick, who are not as familiar as we're diving through the rest of the shit, you're able to um, you're able to find a love for that shit, um, and it's been fucking it's been so much fun. Hell so, yeah. and and and, and, well, and thankfully, as as far as we're all concerned this is just the beginning because we're going to be doing this with some of our other favorite bands and artists as we go along. And there's going to be other long tracks we've talked about uh, to do some other bands that have long discographies that even myself, I've listened to a lot of stuff, but every nuanced track or anything like that, or this off beaten path album, you know, maybe I haven't given as much attention or listened to as hard. And uh, that way, you know, as you said, you get to absorb it. And you can uh, calculate that along with the other songs that you do know and that you do like. And you can actually form like a really informed opinion of, you know what? I listened to it uh, and I paid attention. <laughs> that is so yeah. much of it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like I, w- I would have a half-assed opinion about, you know, this or that in the Metallica discography. And it's like. Now I have a definitive. How hard have you listened? Have you heard one song off that one album and you decided that you don't like that album because of that one song? Um, and it's been super fun because Metallica is one that I absolutely love, but hadn't delved into yeah. half their discography. Um, so I, I think what's fun with, 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 with this podcast is that, that we're offering an interesting bridge, whereas we've got, we got two people like Nate and Brando who are really, really familiar with the band we're talking about. And then you've got guys like Dick and I who, who really love the band, but, but also don't have the fullest fucking opinion of. So um, it balances it out nicely. It's, it's not like having two novices and two experts, but it's having a wide array of people who within the community of Metallica like and latch onto certain things. And Nick, I can tell you just from doing the show so far with you, your taste buds and music and Brando's taste buds and my taste buds and Dick's taste buds, 
they don't always click on the same, but when they do, it's obvious. And we all do find a lot of, a lot of common ground within these songs that we do love. And that's, that's been kind of the most rewarding thing for me is like reaffirming not only that I'm a fan, but that my friends who I know are fans like that. We got to share this experience. No one can take this away from us now. This is awesome. No, this was, it was a truly fantastic experience. And this is not the finale or anything, but it, it does it not feel like it. Well, we In finally ways, made it. Yeah. I mean, we made is it. it. Not, yeah. Is the end. Like we finally made it. Like, and uh, yeah. And, and then, and then the next episode is just a party. Do you like, we're just going to hang out and have some fun. So yeah. So uh, Dan, this was so much fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm down. But I mean, at almost three hours, we're going to have to wrap this sucker up and move on, and we'll see you guys on the next episode where we talk about S&M 2 and all the other stuff and Gush and talk about maybe some of the plans we have for the future, maybe what other stuff we may be doing. Um, but if you haven't already, uh, which I'm sure if you made it to the end of this, you've already listened to this damn thing, so you know where to find it on all those podcast services that we're on and, on, and at rankemall.rocks and on YouTube and all that stuff. Check us out on social medias where we're going to be posting pictures of the scores. Uh, as we go along for each and every album. So like once we do an album and, and then, then we release it, you're going to see all that stuff on our socials as well. But for Dick Tyner, Nick Maxson, Nate Phillips, I've been Brando and it is time that we disappear. Like man was never here until next time, guys, this has been rank them all later on. Yeah. Yeah.